Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror channel and our Child's Play Retrospective podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and our Child's Play... <laughs> I was literally on the tip of my tongue. Was our Friday the 13th retrospective? <laughs> no! No more Jason, just Chucky. Our Child's Play retrospective where we go through every single film in the franchise every single Friday. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout this entire retrospective is Alexander Chard. Call me Charles! <laughs> and Alison Holland. You can call me Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you guys for coming back. We are in 2004 now with Seed of Chucky, directed by a man called Don Mancini. Finally, behind the camera itself and not just writing these. Also written by Don Mancini. Music by Pino Donaggio, who is an extremely revered Italian composer who was born in like 1940 or 1941. He's done like Don't Look Now, he did Carrie, later on wow. he did Death Proof for Tarantino, but he's done lots of classic Italian movies. And starring Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany, and also Jennifer Tilly. Starring Billy Boyd as Glenn, also Glenda, also Shitface. <laughs> starring Redman as... Redman, Hannah Spirit as Joan, John Waters as Pete Peters, Keith Lee Castle as Sykes, and Jason Fleming, I'm going to put him in there for a reason, as Santa. Released in Yellow Cassette 2004, also starring, sorry, of course, Brad Dourif as Chucky. Budgeted, now this is where it gets sticky. So we tend to go by the numbers, which is a website which really gets into the numbers of movies. That's crediting this movie with a $29 million budget. Every other site that I go on to is crediting this movie with a $12 million budget, which sounds a lot more appropriate to me for what we saw on screen. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the $12 million budget. It's more in keeping with where they might be landing, but who knows? It grossed... 24 and a half million so if it's on a 12 million budget a good double return which is in keeping with most of the chucky movies but if it's a 29 million budget that's a big old loss what else do we have to say before we get into it nothing yet i'm gonna give some news in a second but first of all alison holland 2004 all right take us through the top 20 movies of that year please you got it we will start at number 20 with the grudge the american remake and I believe that was the fifth time that director from Japan had made the same movie. Wow. The Grudge started as TV movies in Japan and he made The Grudge and then Grudge 2. Then they graduated to cinema, so he made The Grudge and The Grudge 2 for cinema in Japan. Then they came to America and he made The Grudge for America. I don't think he did The Grudge 2 or 3, but I might be mistaken. All right. Grudge Number 19 is Juan. The Village. Yeah, night Shamala la 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 la. The beginning of the end. Night Shamala. The beginning. Every film we talk about with M Night Shamala. Uh, Katie actually just rewatched this the other day, and she really really liked it. I remember liking this film a lot, other than the ending, which was a bit too far for me at the time. But I think I might like it more if I went back to it now. 
Good. The beginning of the end is all Alex has to say. <laughs> Number 18 is Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Yeah. I never realized. Frappa. I feel like I found out recently that that's the full name. I thought I always thought it was just Dodgeball. Just like I always thought Borat was just Borat, but it's actually a really long title. Oh, Borat's a crazy long title. I think I find it's probably Dodgeball colon. No. An underdogs. I've term. said it once and I say it again. I don't play that game. <laughs> Number 17, a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Limity Slim on our weekly podcast, and it made me so happy because he proved he actually listens to our weekly podcast because he was reading out <laughs> the, the releases and he said colon for each time. <laughs> was a colon. Maybe that's just how he says like, it. Did you ask like, him? Did he make a joke about it? Yeah, no, he says, I do actually listen. That's funny. Sorry, number 18, a series of unfortunate events. No, Limity 17. 18 oh. was Dodgeball. 17 yeah, sure, a series whatever. of unfortunate events. That's Lemony Snicket, yeah? Yeah. The books, yep. Yeah. I really like that. I thought it was a good kids movie. With Jim Carrey as Count Olaf. Yeah. Who's because they did a TV show, didn't they, recently? with like Neil Patrick Harris or something. That's right, yeah. Doogie Howser. I think you'll find he's called. Yeah. Who else was in that hound? Wasn't Jude Emily Law, Browning. Meryl Streep. There's a really young Emily Browning mm-hmm. in that film. Mm. Yeah. Before she got famous. I once saw her on... Either Hillhurst or Vermont in Los Feliz. She was. Nice. She walked past and she liked my little puppy and gave it a pat. Uh huh. She's tiny, isn't she? Apparently, like really, really tiny. Oh, the puppy's gotten bigger now. It's about forty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Emily Browning. Yeah, she was little. Oh, she, she's spot too. Number sixteen is Van Helsing. Oh man, bad movie. That's the one with <laughs> Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah. Yeah. That really gets number 16. Wow. Yep, number 16. 15, another one of your favorite actors, Al, 50 First Dates. Swinging oh, it back Adam to Sandler's last back. week. <laughs> See what? Better than The Water Boy, for sure. <laughs> that was with Drew Barrymore, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Drew Barrymore. That brings us to number 14, Ocean's 12. Hmm. Not as bad as 13, not as good as 11, <laughs> I think. I think 11 is fantastic. I really do. I think that's a top-notch movie. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> this is just becoming my opinion on each movie. This is very I weird. Know, no one I would like just to wait so for quietly. Alex to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, surely, there are some movies I'm like, well, maybe he hasn't seen that movie. But you've seen the Oceans films, surely. I have, yes. I do like 11. It's, it's yeah. good. Okay. But not 13. Okay. I haven't seen 1 to 10, but 11 was good. Yeah, it's fine. You can jump right in. You'll catch up. <laughs> you can jump right in at 11. <laughs> Number 13 is Troy. We joke, but they're making Oceans 8 right now, aren't they? The all-female Oceans film. So yeah, they'll sure. probably gradually fill in all the gaps. <laughs> Troy. Awful. Yeah, also not good. Yeah, not good. Brad Pitt. Yep. He's got a heel. Orlando Bloom in that is so bad. Oh, yeah. Well, Orlando Bloom's not great in anything, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Including life. <laughs> Including Hi, life. Orlando. The game of life. No, I think he seems like a lovely man in life, just not, not for acting. Number 12 is I, Robot. Oh, Jesus. This is one of those films where uh, allegedly Will Smith has in his contracts, he has to save the world at some point. Because <laughs> in the original novel, it's a really great novel. And it's just basically this conversation that's had between this AI and his character, Will Smith's character. And it's a really great conversation where you kind of explore the philosophy of AI. 
but in the film it had to be robots taking over the earth guns explosions will smith saves the planet single-handedly <laughs> like <it's, laughs> just fucks up everything great about that Eleven, more Will Smith, Shark Tale. <laughs> Don't think I, saw <laughs> I love that, one. that you know that's Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> How did a Shark Tale get to number eleven? That was like the awful Finding Nemo ripoff. It was, <laughs> oh, terrible. Getting oh, into good. the top ten, we have National Treasure. <laughs> oh, Nick Cage. These movies are in the top twenty. I know. <laughs> Wow. I tell you what, I have a soft spot for National Treasure, but it's a bad movie. It's only because there are no, like, there are so few Indiana Jones movies out there that I kind of take what I can get. Yeah. Unfortunately. The only, my favorite line in this movie is when the friend is complaining about everything and he's in the car and he's like, this car smells weird. And I don't know why, but that's my favorite bit. (laughs) How do you even remember a line from National Treasure? Because I thought it was so funny when he said that. Did you see National Treasure 2 on the back of that line? No. I actually don't think I ever saw oh. it. Lies. Um, maybe there'd be, an, maybe there'd be another good line in there. <laughs> there might be another good line I'm missing. I'll rewatch the first one just for that. Number nine, The Born Supremacy. Is this the second or the third one? You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea. You go, identity. People. I think it was supremacy, wasn't it? And then... Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Yeah, and then Legacy with Jeremy Renner and then just Jason Bourne when they <laughs> realize they can't keep doing this. Born this Again. Is actually, this is my favorite Born Jason Again? Bourne film was Supremacy. The second one's my favorite. So you got one good Directed one in Peter there so far. Greengrass. Yeah, I like that movie. Number eight is The Polar Express. Oh, creepy movie. Christmas really? movie. Yeah. I feel like it's I've really heard that creepy. a lot of like, people um, really like this. I've never seen this. Sure. It's a book as well, isn't it? Like a classic book, yeah. Polar Express. But yeah. the film's creepy, isn't it? Have you seen this, Alex? It's all I've like seen it. weird CGI where it's trying to look real, but it's not real and it's yeah. weird. I mean, I didn't find that creepy. Yeah. It's just are a you, Christmas say, are story. you saying like visually it's creepy or the story is creepy? No, visually it's creepy. It's huh. just kind of, it's when they were really pushing, because it was Zemeckis directed it, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis. And Tom Hanks plays about seven different roles in it. Yeah. But they were using mocap suits right before mocap was really ready. And the faces kind of look real, but really not. So it's kind of this really creepy huh. movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he has nightmares. <laughs> Number seven is The Day After Tomorrow. Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. Wolves. Dennis there Quaid are wolves is in that movie. here. I didn't mind this for a disaster yeah. film. No. You know? Yeah, I liked it when it came out. I remember everyone hated it, and I was like, I thought it was fun. But yeah. I have not been back since, so I've got this. <laughs> Number six is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Ooh, yeah, the greatest Harry Potter ooh, movie. It's a good one, yeah. Is that your favorite? Yeah, it's the third one. It's the director of Gravity. Ah. And also Itumama Tabian. Very sexy, different sexy films. Film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, getting into the top five, we have The Incredibles. Oh, oh man. Love The Incredibles. That used to be my favorite Pixar movie. Really? At the time, yeah. When I was in high school, one of our floats during homecoming week was themed The Incredibles. It's pretty cool. Very nice. Very were you nice. on the float? I was. Were you? What were you? Yeah. Each class was responsible for building a float, and we built a float that was Incredibles themed. And we had like the big ball that had the arm swinging out we had someone inside the ball controlling the arm over the crowd oh that's cool it was really cool and and were you one of the incredible waiting to happen i was the no, mom she was, she was the, the last woman 
Nice. Of course you were. Yep. Stretchy. You've just gone up a few notches in my book, <laughs> Alison Holland. Cool. Congratulations. I'll send you photos. No, no need. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Meet the Fockers. Hmm. Mm. That was, yeah. Dustin That's the second one, yeah. Yeah, with Dustin Hoffman. Yep. Yeah. I didn't really like the second one that much, but... It was all right. Um, I don't think I did either. Number three, The Passion of the Christ. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah, we're just having a... No, actually, I can't say that on podcast. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the top two are both sequels, both number two. Excellent. One animated. Are they sequels to the same film? Yep. Oh, they are no. They are both the second film of the same <laughs> franchise. Is it Puppet Master 10 and 11? <laughs> they are both I'll number guess. two in their franchise. One is animated. Cool. Do you want to oh, guess? Is Alex going to guess? Either of I you. I'm going to guess 2004. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say guess. Attack of the Clones no, is number go. one. Oh, I think Alex might be right. And then I think number two is Finding Nemo. You are both wrong. Ooh. Number two is Spider-Man 2. Oh, Ooh. goodness. And number one is Shrek 2. Ah, way off. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, of course. Yeah, you can't underestimate Shrek at that time. I forgot all about Shrek. don't know why. I thought Finding Nemo came out the same year as Shark Tale, but I think it was a year before, wasn't it? Because then Shark Tale came out just, just too late. Just too late to be a contender. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You're just trying to plug our other podcast shows there, Star (laughs) Wars, weren't you, Alex? (laughs) My my favorite Star Wars film. If you'd like to find out the year that Attack of the Clones came out, you can listen (laughs) Listen. to our podcast. (laughs) And you can also find out why it was our favorite. Yeah, to be confirmed. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you very much, Ali. We appreciate you. Taking us through the top 20 movies of 2014. <laughs> Alexander Chad, do you have uh, some of the horror landscape of 2004? I said 2014 a second ago. 2004. 2004. Quite uh, a longer list than last time when we looked at uh, 98. So uh, I'll start it off with Saw. Oh, really? Yep. Now, Al, okay. I know you're yeah. f- not a big fan of this franchise. Am I correct? But you like this one, or the first I half of this one? Saw some, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like all of the first one, other than the stuff with um, Glover. I don't like Danny Glover at all in most things, but particularly in the Saw film. Mm-hmm. And then I like the twist ending of part two, but that's it. Other than that, I think this is a horrible, horrible series, like really horrible. And we won't uh, be doing this franchise. Great. Well, I will not be doing it. If anybody else ever wants to do it, then fine. Well, I will not be anywhere near this franchise. I'm not sitting through those movies again. No. So, any Saw fans waiting for our Saw retrospective? Just get out of here. Go Just and go home. Email, mean tweet Al, or email in. I bet if you poke him enough, he'll do it. Or if you'd like Alison Holland to do the franchise single-handedly. I'll do it. Yeah, you can run that. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. (laughs) (laughs) I've met some people recently who really surprised me who don't watch horror films, but they've seen the entire Saw franchise. Um, And it weirds me out a little bit. But it's just so big. It was so big for a generation. Following that, we had Alien vs. Predator. The first one? The first one. Oh, by, uh, what's his face? Anderson. Paul Anderson. The bad one, not the good one. 
Yeah. He's got like Director an, an extra Kombat. initial in his name, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Well, there's uh, P.T. Anderson is the good one. Yeah. And Paul is, W. Is it, is it that way around, isn't it? And then Paul Anderson is the bad one. Yes, Paul Thomas Anderson's a good one, and the bad one's just Paul Anderson. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, Paul. Yeah, right. Sorry, my bad. Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. He's the bad one. He is the bad one, yes. He also Although directed lots of Resident people Evil, forgive right? him still because... Yeah, he did. He's the creator of the Resident Evil series, the movies. He did the first one, and I think the last one, he did Death Race, Alien vs. Predator. Uh, a lot of people forgive him for his sins uh, because of Event Horizon. He did that movie. And he did Pompeii as well. Let's not forget that. Pompeii. And I believe now he's doing the Monster Hunter wow. adaptation from the video game. Okay. Yeah. I can't, I th- is what were we talking Alien about? Vs. Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> is that the one that's set in Antarctica? The first one? Yeah. 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 yeah I've seen that. Moving yeah, it's on. Not good. Cal- Calvair. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Calvair is a Belgium film. I think he's a Belgium director, which was really there for the art house horror crowd. It's part of the, um, we talked about a few times, the new French extremism movement, which we were going to cover as a franchise, but it became very hard to know how to do a retrospective podcast on them because there's a lot of them. But yeah, he went on to direct some great films, including Fin Yan and Alleluia. Yeah, he's very, very arty, very nasty, sad, beautiful films. Interesting. Uh, but next up, we've got Club Dread. This is from Broken Lizard, the guys behind Super Troopers and <laughs> the upcoming Super Troopers 2. <laughs> but it's a slasher film set on a tropical island that's basically like, if you imagine I still know what you did last summer, but with way less money and then a bunch of stoned frat bros making it. <laughs> that's what Club Dread is. And I kind of loved it for a couple of years <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and I think I talked about it before because they played live action Pac-Man on it in a hedge maze where topless girls dress up as ghosts and then a guy dresses up as Pac-Man and he's running around <laughs> trying to like grab them. And then when you grab a ghost, they take off their tops. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's uh, a bad on. fun movie. <laughs> um, creep. What's creep? There's two creeps. Which one's this? Does he well, actually like a found be, footage creep? Yeah, that's the one from the Duplass, Mark Duplass. I think this will be the Franco, yeah, this will be the Franco Patente one. This is an English horror film with Franco Patente from Run Lola Run set in the underground tube in London. It's pretty good. It's quite nasty. Cool. Uh, cube Zero. This is the third in the Cube films. The first Cube film is fantastic. The second one's okay. The third one is not worth watching. Okay. Dawn of the Dead. And this will be the remake from a Zack Snyder friend who's now doing Justice League and all of that shit. <laughs> yeah, this was only as great. This was his first movie, wasn't it? No, yeah, he did this just before 300, I think. Does that ring true? I think so. Did you like this, this film? his first feature film. This remake? I love this film. I think it's one of the best remakes ever made and one of, one of my favorite horror films. Yeah, this is his first feature film and it's spectacular for a first feature film really is nice dead birds this was a straight to dvd movie at a time that a lot of horror fans call back to as a, a real hidden gem it's actually set in sort of this weird sort of western time but in this haunted house and it's actually really cool it's a cool nice movie. uh the exorcist the beginning <laughs> this is really weird going through these lists because i'm not a horror fan so i'm just like i feel like i'm in an interview <laughs> but yeah. for something that has nothing to do with me whatsoever i'm <laughs> just commenting on other people's work 
the exorcist we're getting is really uh, important because it's the only time in the history of movies where the same movie has been made twice in the same bracket of time basically they made the the movie this prequel to the exorcist uh, and it was called the minion and they got in william friedkin to direct it and then it wasn't good so they got in uh rennie harlan who had directed die hard 2 and cliffhanger and uh, deep blue sea to direct it again and he ended up basically he used the same cast the same script a lot of the same crew but reshot almost every single scene that's insane <laughs> so you get to see the same film in two different ways sorry it wasn't william Friedkin. he did the first exit paul schrader did the original version that didn't do very well then Rennie harlan did this version yeah, and it's, it's completely unique because you get to see the same film, same cast, mostly, same script, mostly, twice done in within the same sort of 12-month bracket, but by different directors. And it's really interesting. Both movies are very bad, but <laughs> so it's very interesting succeeded. to see. I'm surprised they didn't have a third no. go at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But honestly, fascinating. If, you're th- if you are directing film, uh, I would say it's a very important pair of movies to watch to see two very different ways it could be approached um, with the same actors the eye two the eye and the eye two are two excellent horror movies i really want some water but I, no one else is going to talk about these <laughs> wait if you just step in Allison. movies from thailand <laughs> you are. they're really 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 good this came out during uh we were talking about asian invasion last last time uh, it was fully in bloom at this point ring films are being remade grudge films are being remade like it was a big deal and the eye was a series of movies that's quite a lot of them now i think there's like four or five five of them maybe from thailand and the first one's like the age-old thing of someone who's basically blind and then they get uh, someone else's eyes put into them through surgery but the person whose eyes put into them there's a history and they start seeing things with them Um, and it's really really well done it's very stylish very cool Uh, these directors it's oxide pang and i think danny pang they've done some other very cool stylish films and I always cited it as my favorite. I don't like Thai films and I've really tried. I've watched many and I've never really found any that I enjoyed. These are always the ones that's like, I like these. And then I found out the director's from Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't really count. Uh, the sequel to this is really good because then it's to do with a pregnant lady who finds out that her baby's haunted while in her stomach. And it's really creepy as fuck. Crazy. I highly recommend both the I and the I too. Not the other ones. The other ones are terrible. Okay. Uh, so now the next two films uh, from with the same franchise, I guess. I haven't seen these ones. We've got Ginger Snaps 2, Unleashed, and Ginger Snaps Back, The Beginning. So Ginger Snaps are werewolf films from Canada. And I think we brought them up on the podcast once before somewhere. I don't think there's any, been any truly great werewolf movies made. These ones were pretty close at the time. The first one was this great indie film. It was basically uh, a big... Uh, metaphor women going into their periods and they use werewolves as a way to kind of demonstrate that wow and it was a cool film the second I mean, a lot of people really loved it at the time it was critically quite acclaimed for a little indie movie and then the second one i remember actually preferring the second one but i don't think most people did the third one goes back in time and they just didn't have the budget for it because it kind of shows the origin of it all but they didn't have the budget, so it didn't really work for me. Okay, you heard it here first. Uh, one we mentioned before, and I think was in the top 20, The Grudge. Uh, yep. So I'll just keep moving on because we talked about that one. Next yes, up, thank you. Malevolence. Uh, yeah, this is a weird little underground <laughs> indie slasher movie <laughs> that is highly acclaimed amongst, amongst slasher fans who, who are looking for something more arty. 
Um, right. Kind of cool. Another franchise that has sort of actually been in the last three Chucky retrospectives has always popped up at the same time. Puppet Master first Demonic Toys. Always around. This yeah. series never goes away. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. They keep bringing that when, that when Chucky awesome. comes out. Next up, we have Resident I'm Evil. I'm not convinced they're never not bringing them out, Alex. I think any retrospective we ever There's do. There's always Puppet Master. There's a Puppet Master film that came out that year. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Which is purely the reason they end up on our lists, I think. Next up, we have Resident Evil Apocalypse. I don't know what number this one is in the series. Do you, Al? That was two. I think, because Extinction was three. Extinction's actually my favorite, which was directed by the... It's got a real Mad Max quality to it, the third one, which I really, really like. Apocalypse was two, I think. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, sounds about right. Right. Uh, they're all pretty bad, these movies, aren't they? Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen a few. Like, I don't even remember which one's which now. Yeah. Why bother? Why bother? Ooh, here we go. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> nice. There you go, Alex. Up you, up you go. One of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> I've watched that so many times. Favorite Queen Love song it. is in that movie. Don't stop Actually, me so now. Ali recently, so a friend of the podcast, Shannon Hollander, this is used to be her favorite movie of all time. I haven't asked her again recently, but when I first met her, this is what she'd cite as her favorite film of all time. Ali recently this year got crazy into Baby Driver. And I said, oh, you got to go and watch Edgar Wright's other films, particularly Scott Pilgrim and Shaun of the Dead. So we watched Scott Pilgrim together, which I think you enjoyed. Yeah, I loved uh, it. But not as much as Baby Driver. But then you watched Shaun of the Dead, and I wasn't around, and you've always dodged the question of how much you enjoyed it. I have not dodged it. I've given you an answer every time. You never, you never like... Every <laughs> time I've told it? you I really liked it, and I've always said my favorite part is when they play my favorite Queen song, and then you say, oh, how funny, that's also Shannon's favorite Queen song, and we have an entire conversation about this movie. I know, but and normally about the Queen song. I tell you, it was Queen hard song. to see because I watched it during the day, and I was in your house, and those windows were up, so I need to watch it again, but I really enjoyed it. You're like, oh, yeah, those windows, blah, 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 we got to cover them up. <laughs> that is what I sound like. It always seems to be about the songs or the windows, though, and all I get from you really is, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Most things it. in my life are about songs. Or windows. Okay. Anytime Queen's involved and Michael Jackson, I'm pretty excited. Fair enough. Yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead is legitimately probably the best horror comedy of all time. It's so good. It's so good. It's perfect. Almost. Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Oh, is that... Mm, is that oh, yeah, that's the one back in time, isn't it? Like, again, Western times. Do not know. All the Tremors films are great fun. <laughs> I want to do... Uh, they're on my retrospective list. I want to do a Tremors retrospective because there's five of them and they're all good fun. So, yeah. Okay. You heard One that here first. We'll get there. Uh, next, some say this film was the beginning of the end for this director. The Village. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> rounding out this list of horrors, the uh, Toolbox Murders. Yeah, I just brought this one up because this is from director Toby Hooper, who tragically passed recently, but he obviously was the creator of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is our previous franchise that we just finished. And this is what he moved on to. Really, I think this is a terrible movie. I really do. This is a remake of a quote-unquote classic, grimy, video nasty. Uh, I don't think the original's good. I don't think this remake's good. But there you go. But I do have a newfound appreciation for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, which I've always hated. So go and listen to that podcast to learn how I was turned around. Turn around. <laughs> Every now and then I get a little bit closer. Yeah. 
we're going. we're here to talk about cedar chucky people are not here no i think we should have a musical podcast all right you can run that one uh all here right. we are i will cedar chucky 2004 all right so we're in a bit of asian remake stuff we got some horror. it's a real mixed bag there but it's plenty of good movies i think that were coming out plenty of good horror films is seed of chucky one of them we've said before no spoilers this is the most hated of the chucky films by fans don mancini because this was the first one he directed he gets a bit defensive sometimes he does he's like a lovely guy i've seen him very level-headed in all of his interviews that i've seen him in but he does get a bit defensive with this one he does like to say look i appreciate people hate it but i don't hate it i don't think it's the worst one he thinks number three is the worst one it is the lowest scoring on imdb it has a 4.9 but again not much lower part three only had a five so you know we're on a small grade curve here <laughs> he was asked to script this originally straight away after bride of chucky so he wrote the script in 1980 1998 and then he pitched it to universal in 1999 but they turned it down and in interviews with him i've seen he's kind of cited one of the reasons is because of columbine had just happened and studios were a bit squeamish on how to treat horror and particularly kids with horror and yeah how what was going to be the landscape of that kind of thing could be that sure partially that was on people's <laughs> minds it could also be that it was a interesting script <laughs> who knows <laughs> so it took him six more years and eventually focus features who was a division of universal picked it up in 2003 uh, to release in 2004 what's interesting though with this movie is that focus features uh Han, is this the yeah focus features actually created a new division uh called rogue pictures just as an offshoot to release this film. So Focus Features were more known for their art house sort of independent movies. And this was not going to be one of those. <laughs> so they literally created Rogue Pictures. And you'll now see Rogue Pictures on lots of horror films. They're quite a big sort of independent uh, horror movie company. And yeah, they were invented just so that they could release Seed of Chucky. And it wouldn't have Focus Features emblem on the front beginning. The house that Chucky built, you might say. You, yeah, you could say the house that Chucky did something to. <laughs> so Mancini really wanted to do something as different from Bride as Bride was from part three. That was his goal with this. And he obviously wanted to push the envelope as far as he could. Uh, they went to Romania to shoot on the largest soundstage in Romania, which is where Cold Mountain was shot. And they actually went back to Chris Sarandon was approached uh, to reprise his role as Detective Mike Norris from the first film. But unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, fit Cedar Chucky in to his busy, 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 busy schedule. Also <laughs> approached for this film... So, we've mentioned Redman as Redman. If you've done any research on this, this has probably popped up for you. But do either of you know who was originally approached to play the Redman role? No, I don't. No. As himself, by the way, obviously, because Redman does play Redman. This role was originally written by none other than Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and Don Mancini did actually reach out to Tarantino, but they... I believe they didn't even get a reply, I think was what happened, but maybe I'm wrong with that. But he honestly said he thought the main reason that Tarantino might take it is because Pino Donaggio, the, the score composer that we talked about, was on board and Tarantino is a huge, huge fan of his and has worked with him. Um, so he thought that's why they might get him. They did not. There is no Tarantino in this movie. And imagine how different it would <laughs> it would have been. I, I watched it this time thinking of all those scenes with Tarantino there. <laughs> It'd be very interesting. Any other facts we need to know before we go into it? I don't think so. 
there's a bunch of funny things that we'll get into later on. Yeah, we'll get into it all later on. All right. Let's get straight into the meat of Seed of Chucky. Opening credits. <laughs> immediately feels more like a creepy thing to me than a slasher film the screen fills with whiteness we don't know what's going on wait a second it's semen yep yeah. we then see cgi sperm <laughs> swimming and impregnating an egg and then we get towards the entire gestation of the literal seed of chucky so ali <laughs> we came up the back of pride of chucky opening. you said you wanted i hated it <laughs> Is that every time i talk to you are you just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> you said you wanted more outlandish you wanted like to keep with chucky as the lead you wanted the humor angle how's this opening working for you i hated it <laughs> is it just the bad cgi <laughs> no it i was like cringing as i was watching it i had to put my food down and was like i don't know if i'm hungry anymore i don't like this at all i was the same i had a slice of pizza going to my mouth and i'd completely forgotten about this opening because yeah sorry again we should stipulate i've seen this before but a long time ago neither of you two have seen this movie right this is your first time yes yeah it was excellent uh, yeah, and I'd forgotten, and I had the pizza going to my mouth, and then I was like, oh, what's the white? Oh, yeah, I remember what the white you stuff You can't is. eat. Did you put it down? Yeah, I, I did. put my bagel down. He ate more. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I wrote down in my notes is, oh, Jay Tilly's still alive. And then I had to stop writing that down to write down how about how grossed out I was and how much I hated it because I immediately realized what they were doing and where this was going. And then I had to go back. <laughs> my, my first set of notes were, is that semen? Yes, it is. Here comes the sperm. <laughs> Here comes the sperm. Here's the thing. Do, 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 do. Oh, my I God. I hate this so much. But, like, a part of the thing for me is, like, I understand what he's trying to do here. Given having watched the rest of the movie now, I see where he's trying to come from. No pun intended. But what? <laughs> if only the CGI could not have looked how it looked <laughs> like it's just something about the idea of it and then the execution mm -hmm. the hand in hand is just so fucking obtrusively horrible yeah terrible opening and also terrible, terrible. it was pretty much the opening of look who's talking exactly the opening <laughs> that's what i was trying to say but the, to be fair to him feet in the ground this tells you what movie we're in for straight from the beginning yeah and in the midst of all of this cgi nonsense while the baby's going through the different stages and blah 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 it says made in japan on him now let's get into this right now because this is a reoccurring theme throughout the movie is that he's made in japan and then we suddenly find out new law chucky and tiffany were also made in japan we'll get into what that means for them later on we've literally been in the factory that they were made in chicago <laughs> we had a yep. fucking film about it <laughs> And we've seen Alex their recommended arms. it. <laughs> <laughs> Did that mean nothing to them? Oh man, this is too good. Oh. That is too good. It I'm looking at it now, and it is still spoilers for the next movies. Child's Play 2 is still the second highest rated in this entire series, and they decided to ignore all of that and just go with no, he stole some made in Japan. Moving on. <laughs> Anger. No, it's. Yeah. So just why just why since it's not at least in the last one the new law was for a macguffin that was sort of necessary for a lazy plot in this one and we'll get to it what the fuck is the point then we're in first person 
and suddenly the mood changes to me. I think, all right, this is going to be goofy, goofy, goofy. I remember how goofy this was. I forgot there were semen levels of goofy, but here we go. But then we're in first person and we're in an extended homage to the opening of Halloween. We've yet to get to that series in our retrospectives, but most people will have seen Halloween. So most people get this. And it is, yeah, inarguably, I think the greatest slasher film of all time. So it makes sense. They paid homage to everything else. They're going to pay homage to Halloween now. We're in first person, very long scene. We see an English, a little English girl with an English family with a father just eating. opening a doll on her birthday or is it christmas i can retell her birthday i think i think it was her birthday yeah there's a cake wasn't yeah, it, so it was yeah her birthday. it must be her birthday and uh, the parents don't like the doll and don't know who sent it to her she doesn't like it either so she chucks it into a, a what do you call it a trunk box thing uh later that night so i'm going to talk in first person from now because it's just easier okay, okay. we are the camera later that night we wake up and we crawl out of the box halloween style we pick the knife out of birthday cake we head upstairs the mother's calling out darling i'm just going to have a shower oh very good you know, very good english accent <laughs> excellent english thank you thank you yeah yes i've been practicing so this is weird for me because i okay so i love halloween i love the opening of halloween i like just playing homage to it it's fine for me and i'm actually really liking this opening other than the fucking acting like the english voices and the acting is terrible but yeah. the ambitiousness of the first person long scene i actually I actually like and admire and there's no music here which i really like you just get this atmosphere as we're walking up the stairs and there's lightning and thunder outside and rain on the windowsill and i actually like it it's just then you get them speaking and then the english father with too much lipstick on. Did you notice that? No. <laughs> Just so much stage lipstick. He comes oh out in a bathrobe and picks us up and then he goes to tell his daughter off. And then we stab him and he falls over the stairs all the way to the floor below and we're riding him to the floor below as he falls and dies. The daughter doesn't scream, yeah, which no. is weird. Yeah. But I think it's a really cool fucking shot. Like I really do. Like if yep. I can ignore the acting... I think it's cool yeah we're like a f- plummeting down hit the floor we come running back up the stairs again immediately a flash of lightning illuminates our shadow on the wall which i think is really cool head back upstairs we know we're going to the shower uh where our wife is showering we can see that she's wearing panties through yep. <laughs> the shower <curtain>. yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes which is how we all do it in england <laughs> and then we attack her and we see boobs yeah first boobs. first chucky boobs how many our first boobs in this series we are on film minus five. the accidental nip slip minus That's the true. accidental nip slip yeah yeah uh film five to get our boobs and it took the writer to take over directing reins <laughs> to get boobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah if she we dropped the knife then she slipped she's dead i'm honestly i'm loving this opening if it wasn't for the terrible english acting i'm like cool Mm -hmm. like we're doing something different this is technically accomplished it's hard to do i'm liking the lack of music there's some good violence in there some good camera movements we've got gratuitous nudity i'm like fine we're doing slasher tropes i'm fine with that but i wrote that down and the second i wrote that down of i'm loving this if we turn and we see ourselves briefly in the mirror (laughs) and i don't like it (laughs) yeah i was like (laughs) yeah i was the same i loved the build-up you know, and even that sort of sense of like, he's a Chucky, he's a boy, seeing the different clothes. And then, yeah, that bit. And he just looks like a ventriloquist doll. That, that was my first thought. Yeah. I was like, it looks like a ventriloquist doll, not knowing what was about to come next. Yep, yep. And it was just like, 
<laughs> That's how funny. Awful. Yeah, it ruined it for me. Then he goes through to the daughter's room and there's a lump in her bed, which she thinks is her. She pulls it back. It's actually a doll. We stab it a whole bunch of times. And then the little girl screams at us, finally decided to start screaming. <laughs> and we start pissing our pants. Not when her parents are dying. But... You're yeah, pissing no, she's like, your pants. You You're pissing your pants. You killed my mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's so bad. She's so, so bad. She's awful. Fucking Claudia. You think you had problems with Alex Vincent, Allie? Yeah. <laughs> well, take this. <laughs> he should have won an Oscar. He fucking should I have. Everybody else did, now. apparently. So you really shouldn't have. <laughs> I know. And then we wake up and we're a weird looking, worried ventriloquist doll who has a little bit of Chucky mixed in him, but also to me it looks a bit like Damien, the goth guy from Bride of Chucky. <laughs> yeah. And we're trapped in a cage and then a sort of grizzled english punk guy i don't really know what they're going for uh collects him and takes him out <laughs> this is just a series of blows to my english heart this is <laughs> takes him out to the international ventriloquist competition at glastonbury festival rock and roll you don't go to that yeah, every year in England, huh? <laughs> so for those who don't know glastonbury is the biggest music festival in england and it's a huge 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 deal so many people like just but it's music and drugs and just crazy just i'll be honest i've never checked if they have a ventriloquist tent at glastonbury i'm very very you're doing it reluctant wrong. to think that they might do uh if they do i always look for the ventriloquist i've called the international ventriloquist competition because they have you know a national ventriloquist competition yeah. as well at glastonbury but this is the international this is the best of the right. best which makes no fucking sense because he's English. The ventriloquist is being the fucking national ventriloquist competition. Yeah, I love how he Not walks in the out. Well, you didn't see the other ones. I was going to say, I love how he walks out to the the headline or the board that says, what is it, Psycho and Shit Face? Yep. And the crowd's yeah. going wild Psycho as he thrusts his crotch <laughs> while he holds the doll. Yep. <laughs> no one in the history of the world has ever enjoyed a ventriloquist act as much as these kids at Glastonbury are enjoying They're this. They're having the best time. Yeah, so the doll's called Shitface is what we learned. And the crowd is laughing away <laughs> and he explains to the crowd that he found the doll in a cemetery in the United States six years ago. And Shitface tried to rip his throat out. So that's basically all the explanation we get for how Shitface ended up in the UK. <laughs> so part of my brain's yep. going, just... Just how? Oh, all right. So he was just walking through a graveyard. The police. What happened after Bride of Chucky? That cop died from the baby. Then that little baby grew up into a ventriloquist like doll immediately, or did he nurture it as a baby like thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It tried to attack him, and then he took it. Like, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I can't comprehend it. But I'm thinking, all right, they they're doing this so badly the film must have to be set in England. Like, it must be very important to the film because they've gone through <laughs> such contrived circumstances to get him shit-faced to England. To take him there. Anyway. No. <laughs> very weird for Yo. <laughs> As the doll, we get inside the doll's head. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he starts saying he doesn't know anything about himself other than, I'm an orphan, I'm a freak, and I'm Japanese. <laughs> With his little British boy accent. Ridiculous. Oh my god! He has he has horrible dreams about killing people, but he doesn't know why. And he says he wouldn't even kill a fly. And then a fly buzzes by, and he goes, "Oh look, there he goes back to his family." 
<laughs> it could be funny oh. if it wasn't so fucking bad. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh. So then we cut to someone dressed as Santa. And this is that name I gave in the cast list who's only in the scene, Jason Fleming. So Jason Fleming is a quite a big English actor for Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrel, Snatch, uh, X-Men First Class, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, he's also in the TV show The Missing. Here he is as Santa, or as a fake Santa, walking through a graveyard for literally no reason other than I guess they had a set that was a graveyard at this soundstage, <laughs> so they used it. Um, and then a knife cuts through the back of his sack and all the presents fall out and he kicks them all. And then we see Chucky already revealing himself to the audience. So he's just live as he does a head turn. Santa then peers at him. Chucky's looking less gross here. He's been sort of patched up a little bit. He's not quite as organy, uh, but still cool. I like the look of him. Mm. Yeah, he's a little too clean for me from the get-go. A little too pristine. Yeah, he looks a bit more PC. Yeah. This looks like the actual doll that you would sell you know, to kids mass market. Whereas the other one looked like a real live breathing thing. Mm -hmm. Then Tiffany appears behind, kills Santa with a slinky as Chucky starts stabbing him and then Chucky starts malfunctioning and it's revealed we're in a film set for a movie called Chucky Goes Psycho. Everything just got very postmodern or meta, depending on the spelling, apparently. (laughs) And it's based on the urban legend of Chucky and Tiffany. We get a newsreader giving us info just to clarify and that the dolls that they're using for the film were found on the scene of the real-life murders. So we do get some clarification here at least that yes, like we're asking last episode, how do people know Chucky? Yeah, urban legends. That's how people kind of like to believe that he's a real thing, but he's not really a real thing. Mm-hmm. But he is a real thing. I missed the point in the film that they had picked up the dolls from the actual scene. Yeah, it's one tiny line. It's one tiny line. Yeah, that right. That I missed that. <laughs> Jason Fleming, though, who played Santa. <laughs> I love this quote. <laughs> he said, this is the only film that he'd like to erase from his filmography. Quote, I was dressed as Santa getting killed by a doll on a set in Romania. And I was thinking, where did it all go wrong? (laughs) 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 Yeah, this kind of sums it up perfectly. So yes, here we are. We're on this set of this film of Chucky Goes Psycho. We've established a few things. So I'm kind of fine with this side of it. We're in a post-Scream world here now and Scream itself and we'll get to it when we get to our own franchise of that, but it arguably goes to meta itself, where it gets to into the movie within a movie within a movie. Uh, it only makes sense at this time, 2004, that Chucky would be doing the same. Bride of Chucky was pretty meta. Uh, this is going to go even more meta. It's not necessarily what I want, but I'm kind of, I'm okay with that lore of, yeah, okay, somehow they get hold of these dolls. I could buy that Hollywood somehow would get them and want to use them in this film because no one would actually believe a doll came to life but as good marketing for this movie. I don't even mind that they're making a movie of Chucky within our movie. I know it's all fine. Yeah, I was speaking to my housemate Carter about it. We were sort of mentioning how it sort of, I guess, makes sense in a franchise like this where you either create more holes as you keep on going or you kind of just put it in this direction where, yeah, it becomes this meta kind of statement on itself and you go that angle. And I mean, it made me think of Wes Craven's new nightmare immediately. Yeah. But that, which we'll get into and I'll probably bring back up at the end, felt like more sustained in its being that film within a film. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, no, completely. And Don Mancini has said Wes Craven's New Nightmare was, he loves that movie. Now that's an influence on this film. Bear in mind, New Nightmare was 10 years before this, though. That's yeah. how ahead of its time New Nightmare yeah. was. It's pretty cool. And a lot of people hate that film, but that film's both scary and meta at the same time. But this one's not really... I don't think this film's trying to be scary at any point. I think with Bride, I think we all agreed yeah. it is trying to be scary and fun. Like, just getting the shocks in there as well as the laughs. I don't think this is ever trying to get a shock in there. Do you guys think it is? Nope. Never. No. I think the balance that it was kind of starting to maybe find in the last one, like the scales completely tipped in the other direction. Yeah. Here, where it's where it's yeah, going sure. for more kind of humor, I think. So a tech guy goes over to the dolls and says that Tiffany's left arm is leaking and then she grabs his crotch. Now, I've only put this in here because this is apparently a uh, a nod to something that was actually happening on set there's an in-joke because Jennifer Tilly said that Chucky's left arm when she was filming uh, would constantly keep grabbing her breasts during the shoots <laughs> so as an in-joke for her sake they put in a line of Tiffany grabbing the guy's crotch like in the film basically uh, so that's why He's that's grabbing by the pussy excuse well, me <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> you like the things Chucky's saying in the last movie you're identifying with this doll <laughs> Oh boy. That is none other than our wonderful Presidente. Hey, hopefully people are listening to this podcast also in the future and he's no longer our pre <laughs> the president of the That America. would be wonderful. <laughs> so if that's the case, please write us and tell us <laughs> how wonderful the world that we're living in is. Yeah, because maybe we're to just maybe it's throw like throw us back to this time. <laughs> four years from now and we're depressed about something else. We need you guys to write in and remind us. Yeah. Like, just remember you used to have a president who said, grab him by the pussy. Oh, jeez, Allison, stop things. saying it. <laughs> You're going to get us flagged on iTunes. <laughs> That's fine. Jennifer Tilly is on set, secretly eating candy, dressed in a bride's outfit. Uh, she has, there was so much for me to write down in this movie. Like, there's so many things happening. I had to pause this film so many times. <laughs> so a little behind the curtain here. We all watched this together, but separately, starting it roughly at the same time. I started it before any of you guys and finished it after you guys because I had to keep pausing it and rewinding it because <laughs> there was a lot going on, particularly in these early scenes. Uh, she's talking to her assistant, Joan, and they're kind of, there's just so many in-jokes about stuff and they're reading through things and she's bemoaning about her career and that no one's gonna, like, no, why does no one take my career seriously? And then Chucky says, nice tits. And you see the little puppeteer guy laughing off camera. And then she starts moaning about Julia Roberts. So I had a moment where I was like, is her assistant the girl from S Club 7? And she was from S Club 7. Yes! Don't I watched this whole stop movie. moving, everybody's... <laughs> I watched this whole movie going, how the fuck do I know her so, so well? And then when I went and looked her up afterwards, it's like, she's the fucking girl from S Club 7. And now she's in Casualty on the UK TV. That's what she's doing. Couldn't believe it. I was like, of course it is. <laughs> Alison, do you know S Club 7? No, but I'm having fun watching you sing and dance. <laughs> They're just That I was, was like, just a teaser of one of their hits. I liked, I liked Rachel. Ooh. Was she the brunette? Yeah. 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 She was the whole one. <laughs> I liked the blonde guy with the frosted tips. <laughs> he was pretty great too. <laughs> anyway, she's voting about Julia Roberts. She said, I should have played fucking Aaron Brockovich. I could have played it without the Wonder Bra. And then saying, you know what? I think she slept with the director. That's the only way she got that role. 
I've seen Don Mancini say how they got notes afterwards from the producers of they had to change it so that the, <laughs> the assistant afterwards says, you know that's not true. <laughs> Otherwise, they're worried about <laughs> getting hilarious. sued by Julia Roberts' team. <laughs> that's so funny. Which nowadays is probably what actually happened. Exactly. That's how I wrote down that this is hitting too close to Hollywood home right now. Yeah, exactly. yeah there's a lot of things in this movie, but watching it now feel a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, so she tells her assistant Joan... Sorry, her assistant Joan tells her about a Bible biopic being made by director Redman, or could have been Tarantino, and the role is for Virgin Mary. So they have like an altercation about that, which is like, I could play a virgin, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, meanwhile in England, Shitface is watching the making of Chucky Goes Psycho via Access Hollywood and sees the same Made in Japan uh, sign on Chucky's wrist and realizes that these are his real parents. Daddy! So then in a scene that I'm going to say, but then I'm going to need you two to explain to me, a ventriloquist owner comes out to him and says, you need to be more scary, so puts a rat in his cage. And Shitface starts stroking the rat, and then I think the rat attacks the owner, because there was a noise. And then Shitface escapes somehow. Yep. And we get a bewildering running effect. Yep. And Shitface jumps onto the back of a rubbish van. And gets away. All of that happened. Why the rat? Why you got to be more scary? Here's a rat. Yeah. I think he was punishing him by trying to scare him. I thought he wanted him to eat the rat. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting. I mean, I was assuming he was going to make him do something he didn't want to do with the rat. No. Oh. But then the rat just bit his finger. I guess. Uh, I this know. whole thing was edited so weirdly. I was very confused. Mm-hmm. And then that CGI running just looked terrible. But <laughs> really the, whole sequence, the whole sequence does really end weird. with a nice homage to Indiana Jones as he flies from yep. London to LA. Yes. With the map. <laughs> and hit, I would say, and Hitchcock as well. There's some like classic fucking, and it look, but it just looks terrible. It looks awful. Which is, which is a phrase I might keep coming back to. Uh, but yeah, you get like those weird, like the eyes are coming up on the top and then the plane's flying over and it's... And so at this point, I'm like, well, why the fuck did you go for all of that to get him to England? <laughs> if you needed him in America, why? Oh. Everything that I've had a problem with so far in this movie. Well, no, that's not true. The acting, many elements I've had trouble with. But all of the narrative stuff I've had a problem with. So far, I'm fine with the Chucky Tiffany stuff. That's fine. It makes sense. All of the English stuff didn't make sense and was so missed because even him watching Access Hollywood on a little fucking TV in his cage just so he could see the Chucky movie being made. Just have him in America to begin with and you're fine. Yep. I don't understand. But then they, then they couldn't have done a scene. just couldn't do an American accent. Yeah. Could do an American accent and, and... I mean, maybe then they wouldn't have also been able to showcase the, you know... English tradition that is the International Ventriloquist Festival at Glastonbury. That's, <laughs> That's right. true. They wanted to shine yeah. a light on that little known. <laughs> I'd, I'd love it if we look it up and it really is. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like a secret <laughs> gem at Glastonbury. They just donated some money to production so they had to figure out a way to get the doll yeah. there, feature their show. Okay, so you're talking about his voice. You know who Billy Boyd is? Fucking none you. The yep. voice of Glenn Glenda. Yep. I couldn't believe it. Pippin. It is, yeah. Yeah, Peregrine took, or Pippin, from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe it. And he did this directly after Lord of the Rings. This is basically the first thing he did after that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, 
Jennifer Tilly is reading lines with Red Man, uh, and he can't take his eyes off of her cleavage, and she seems desperate for the role. But then he says he's going to give it to Julia Roberts. This is after, by the way, she says, I could do the role differently. I could do it faster, slower, or as a rap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then she makes it clear that <laughs> she'll have sex with him uh, for the role, and Redman gets very excited, so they're going to meet at her house later. Meanwhile, in a weird lab with horror costumes of classic universal monsters, Shipface crawls out of a box that has been shipped to Universal Studios, I guess. And he gets scared by the Frankenstein, Wolfman, zombies, and blah, blah, blah. And then he finds the dolls of Chucky and Tiffany just happening to be lying in the same room that he's put in. And somehow, Shipface has the heart of Dumbala. Can anyone explain to me how the fuck he has the amulet of Dumbala? Silence. No. I guess he was at the gravesite <laughs> after he killed the cop. He just knew as a little baby doll to go and get it. <laughs> That it was important. <laughs> yeah, that it was important. <laughs> he... I think I'll need this one day. It's from my dad. What's hurting me so much is that he's Don Mancini is creating all of these problems himself. Yeah. He doesn't need to have any of these problems. He keeps creating law and then changing law and then just doing things like this. Like you didn't need to do any of this. I watch films with people sometimes. And then I'll say, why the hell did they do that? And so, well, they had to do that because they had to get to there. I was like, no, it's all made up. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you're misconstruing they didn't this have to get for real to life. There. <laughs> they can get to wherever they want, however they want to. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is one of those moments. Uh, but no, somehow he has the fucking heart of Dambala and he reads what is now a scroll on the back of the amulet made up of three yep. words. Mm -hmm. And from saying those and three awake. words, yeah, awake is one of them. And for saying the three words, all the lights in a room pulsate, they explode, and then Chucky and Tiffany come back to life. Yeah, incantation is so much shorter. No no voodoo clouds. Yeah. With every <laughs> film, out. we just get faster and faster. And less clouds and less clouds. But he's not, trans he's not transferring souls into the bodies. <laughs> that is also true. These are dolls that got shot and they've been taken from the crime scene and they've been operated as machinery, so clearly they have not had their souls in them because we know the rule is when the souls in them, they're like intestines yep. and blah, blah, blah. Which you see later. Is it like a cloud? Is it like cloud saves? <laughs> and when Chucky dies, his <laughs> yeah. soul goes into a cloud. Goes up to iCloud. Yeah. And then just waits for someone to download Somewhere it again the, back yeah. into Chucky. Server. But then it's the same, basically, incantations and then transfer him to a real live person. I think you figured it out. It's a cloud save. Cloud but then, save, right. That's what that the clouds goes to my are. next point. Where are the clouds? <laughs> there are, I hey, know. Clouds are coming in this movie. It's <laughs> not necessarily the ones you want again. <laughs> uh, so Chucky starts teasing how ugly the kid is. And then with some racist Japanese music, they all realize that they share the same branding. That is incredible. So it must bit. be their kid. <laughs> and then Chucky faints. <laughs> So we're in a very different movie here. And I think what's most surprising <laughs> for me is that it's Don Mancini behind the wheel. Yeah, totally. He's completely changed tact. He's finally getting to do everything he has wanted to do. Although he's, he's thrown a little in. I did laugh out loud when Chucky said, Who the hell are you? And he's like, shit face. <laughs> 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 
But Tom Mancini's always like he always wanted the first one to be more serious. Remember when he wanted it to be this psychological horror? Did you was it Andy or was it the doll? And then they added all the voodoo stuff that he never wanted, so he tried to talk his way around it. Now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And those noble themes about being about uh you know, the exploitation yeah. of children consumers yeah. and <laughs> Yep. Well, I guess maybe here he's trying to talk about movie exploitation. Yeah. It's a stretch. Let's give him something. A movie prop technician comes in saying that he's going to have to take the puppets apart to get them to work. So he unscrews the back of Tiffany, reveals her blooded organs inside. She rotates her head exorcist style as Chucky gets some metal wiring and cuts the technician's head off and it flies through the air in very convincing fashion. Mm -hmm. Then I did kind of like this. Covered in blood, the two start making out. As Shitface is watching, he starts pissing himself and realizes they're stark raving mad. <laughs> and then Chucky, and then Chucky and Tiffany have an argument about which sex he or she is. So Chucky names Shitface Glenn and Tiffany names Shitface Glenda. This is a nod to. You got to mention that to figure that out, they pull his trousers down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry sorry <laughs> yeah they have a look at his crotch and there's nothing there so she says look it's a girl and chucky's like no look closer <laughs> he's just not quite at his growth spurt yet <laughs> so we get this thing of tiffany wants it to be a girl and chucky wants it to be a boy basically yeah so they name clen or glenda which is nod to this edward film from like 1957 or something called glen glenda where the director himself played the role of Glenn and Glenda, which was someone who had changed, like was caught in transgender roles, basically, and was a transvestite. Edward, for people who don't know in the new generation, was is revered as the worst filmmaker of all time. <laughs> Did like Plan Plan 9 from Outer Space and stuff. Love that film. <laughs> we should, we'll cover all of his one day. Jennifer Tilly comes in, all dressed up. She thinks the dead body's a prop, so she walks over it. And then grabs her chocolate bar that she hid in Chucky. So just to clarify, she is down there purely to find the chocolate bar that she left in Chucky, yeah. right? You can't get yeah. chocolate bars anywhere else. <laughs> She's on a diet. Everybody's watching right, her. Right, okay. That's true. But no one's watching her go to get a chocolate bar. Tiffany no. sees Jennifer and she's blown away because she's a huge fan. And then Jennifer Tilly picks up the headless corpse and for some reason starts making out with it. And then, <laughs> then realizes it's real and freaks out. Yeah. I'm trying to reach for things here. I kind of liked at this point when she steps over the dead body. It's like, oh, that's cool. They're in Hollywood. They're going to play with that kind of thing. You won't know. Like people won't recognize when someone's actually dead. They could have some fun with that. And I know she realizes straight away afterwards because they get to do something ridiculous like make out with a headless corpse which is just so stupid. More stupid than the girl in Captain in the Woods making out with the stuffed wolf head on the wall. I forgot to ask this. We're going to rewind a little bit. No, when, please. So right after... I'm sorry. I know you really want to get through it. After the Santa scene where they you realize you're on a movie set and everybody, they start walking off the set and he's like, God damn it, why does this always happen? And the actor Jason's throwing a fit. I thought they called the guy tommy who was like in charge of the dolls and so in my mind i was like oh shit they're like referencing tom holland with the first one oh and oh, how maybe. they had all this trouble with people walking off set or however maybe they did maybe people were being treated on set maybe it was but then i 
Well, so I looked the guy up, and his name is Tony. So they're all, and they're all just calling each other by their real names. You just uh, got far too clever Thanks, for Sally. this franchise. <laughs> I, I gave it yeah. too much credit. Yeah. I was like, well, but I was like, that's brave to like call out by first name, and then not so, not so brave. Not so anyway. Brave. So then we get the cops pull up to the studio, and we get a police squad reference. Allie. No, I have someone who walked out of airplane. <laughs> <laughs> but has seen hot shots or do you know about police squad no you don't police squad was a precursor to naked gun have you heard of naked gun with leslie nielsen i have heard of it okay uh, so the police squad series would open with this exact shot behind obviously a toy police car with its light going and the camera just above the light as it drove through improbable places and it would then it'd go through a market and then it would go through someone's apartment and they would just drive through places that were impossible for it to get through i remember in one of them it comes out of a woman giving birth oh my god <laughs> yes, <it does>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're great but if you haven't seen airplane you're not allowed to see them so add it to your list of great airplane style humor that you're not allowed to watch yet Got it. <laughs> Journalists are hassling Jennifer Tilly for info on the murder. Chucky, Tiffany, and Glenn are watching from the sidelines, and then they steal away into the back of her limo. People are shouting at Jennifer, Jennifer, how old are you really? <laughs> Tell us your real birthday. Tell us birthday. the exact fucking year. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that I didn't hear it. I was waiting for someone to, why are you such a bitch? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly what journalists do. Been in LA. I've seen them with fucking actresses. It's horrible. If we're talking with, yeah, sorry. That's a different podcast to discuss that on. But there's a lot of very important, very necessary lights being shone at the moment on how stuff is happening in Hollywood. People need to be shining it a lot more on how reporters treat actors in Hollywood because it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible and it's emotional abuse. Uh, but anyway, we're getting good commentary on that here, I suppose. And she gets into the car, front seat, and no one seems to query that and starts making out with her limo driver straight away, which no one sees apparently. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dolls are all in the back seat drinking champagne. Tiffany's really excited because Jennifer Tilly is portraying her in a movie. Said, who better to portray me than Jennifer Tilly? There's lots of meta stuff going on. But then Chucky does, yeah, I do like that line where he's like, yeah, but her voice. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> God, God bless Jennifer Tilly for this film. Like, really, being able to take the piss out of yourself as much as she does in this movie is pretty great. Then they come up with a plan to transfer the bodies into Jennifer Tilly and Red Man, and they'll find a surrogate mother to give a... To, I can barely say this with sentences, I'm sorry. They'll find a surrogate mother to give a baby to, which then they'll transfer Glenn into. And that's how they're going to be a happy family. Jennifer rings up her assistant, Joan, who, and I love this note, who's writing lots of fa fake fan mail to Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is brilliant. And the news has said that Jennifer's a suspect, so she asked her assistant to bring around a bottle of champagne to her house for her night with Redman. And her driver's all upset because he's secretly in love with her, or not so secretly, I should say. But spends the whole movie trying to figure out a way to tell her that he loves her. For, I guess, a payoff joke that we're going to get later that is not a payoff at all. <laughs> cloud time. Cloud watch. <laughs> we get a shot of bad mm. CGI clouds, Alex. Mm. Don't count. Not voodoo clouds. I only care about voodoo clouds. <laughs> I just love hearing you say it. Isolated <laughs> weather phenomena that nobody ever comments on. I'm going to get your t-shirt made. It says, I only care about voodoo clouds. <laughs> <laughs> and you can wear it when you're out with your wife. <laughs> For sure. I'll wear it. We cut from the CGI clouds to a CGI spider. 
as Chucky and Tiffany have apparently moved into the attic of Jennifer's house and they're putting Glenn to bed. Give him a little pink bow. Uh, I guess so. I'm going to call him Glenn because otherwise it's Glenn Glenda the whole time. And, you know, whatever. I can call him Glenda if people prefer. What do you prefer? Pick one now. Glenny. <laughs> yeah. God, God Glenny. damn it. Glenny. Uh, Glenny Neither wants the light there. left on. I don't know if we've really mentioned it, but Glenny's very scared of everything and very, very, like I said, pacifist, but he is scared of everything. Then he says, why do you kill people? And this was a scene they showed a lot of the trailers and clips of the two of them flustering and Chuck's, uh, it's a hobby. Uh, it helps us relax. And, and he goes, but I saw her on TV. It says violence is bad. And Chuck's like, violence isn't bad. Violins are bad. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Tiffany decides Glenn is right and killing is an addiction like any other drug and they should quit. Chucky refuses to quit, but then eventually promises no more killing while crossing his fingers. Oh, yeah. He says so it's, it's been a family tradition for generations. That's what Chucky says. Yeah, so we could get many prequels, couldn't we? So at the end of the last film, we all potentially with tongue in cheek said we wanted to see a film where Chucky is an unwilling father going through the chores of parenthood. I don't think we gave enough detail. That's what we have. (laughs) About what we were hoping for. Not that it would have changed this since this has already been made. This wasn't this wasn't the movie that you were requesting at the end of Pride of Chucky. No, there's a lot of getting the familial triangle. Yeah. I am. There's a lot in here that I, I was not asking for. You asked for all of <laughs> this, Ali. I don't know that I did. <laughs> you did ask for this. You did. He's cruder than ever. You got it. You got the family like relationship. You got it. Jennifer Tilly's back more than ever in multiple roles. <laughs> I don't know that I asked you for asked it. You for this. Although at this point, I would well, take her it. over, over a lot. And pretty soon you're going to get a turkey baster full yeah, of semen. Yeah, I we'll especially get there when do we get not. There. You know, I, I really think I just kind of like checked out with the opening. And I was just like tuning in every once in a while to make sure I was getting my notes down. And unfortunately, so I also tuned in during the turkey baster moment. So your, your one sentence review for this would be less semen. Honestly, probably. <laughs> I also, in all seriousness... At one point I wrote down, I don't know at what point <laughs> in the movie this was, I don't know what point in the movie I wrote this down, but I, with, with things like this, films that any, as most people know, if you're listening to this podcast, there are a lot of references that go over my head. So anytime I'm watching something like this, I'm like, oh, I bet everybody understands half the things that are being referenced and mentioned in this movie and it's just going over my head and that's probably why I'm not enjoying it. So I'm happy to hear that the two of you were also not enjoying it at this point. The only reference to so far Glenda Glenda, which isn't a small one. Well, but even one, things as small big, as like, I don't know Halloween. who Redman is. Like I had to look up to see if that was his real name. Nobody does anymore. I, Nobody like, does uh, anymore. Well, but in, in my own head, I'm in, this is like one thing that, one thing, one of the many things that I'm insecure about. So when I watch things like this, I'm like, oh, everybody else will understand this. It's probably just the world that I'm not a part of. So in my mind, I was like, I bet Alex and Al know all of these things. <laughs> He's the guy you ring when Tarantino won't pick up the I phone. I guess so. That's <laughs> yeah. And, and now we probably could have got him on our podcast. Let's try and get him in for a wrap-up episode. Redman? I'm thinking Redman's approachable at this stage <laughs> in his career. <laughs> no, he was barely noticeable at that time. I barely knew who he was. Admittedly, it wasn't the type of music I was listening to, but either popular music or hip-hop music. I but. mean, he's part of... Is he part of the Wu-Tang Clan? I don't know. Everyone's part of the Wu-Tang Clan, aren't they? 
think we're part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clangers. While you look that up, Alex, I will move on as swiftly as possible. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, um, he is not. I was wrong. You solo boy. Meanwhile, Jennifer's assistant, Joan, is trying to tell her that Jennifer's evil for prostituting herself to play the Virgin Mary. But Redman pulls up with rap music blaring, presumably his own. I don't know. And Jennifer fires Joan, which never happens. Chucky, meanwhile, is taking a cup to fill up with his own semen. Uh, he needs some help, of course. So Tiffany slap flashes her, hit us, her boobs. <laughs> A little, little doll, doll boobs. boobs with little nipples. I brought Bethany I've back in the down. room to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, kind oh, of she happy that you did? Interesting point. <laughs> she just shook her head and left. <laughs> but kind of mentioned. I wrote down the squeak noise when, yeah, when she like pulls it back goes, up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, there's more squeaky yes, noises in a minute. I wrote down boobs. Two question yeah, mark. Because <laughs> I don't know if they count. <laughs> do they count as boobs i don't know but yeah all those things that he was saying with brighter chucky i won't go there oh he's going there and just to be clear because this is 2004 which would make it the same year wouldn't it yep the same year as team america so two two different ways to do this kind of humor so then chucky starts flipping through some porn mags that i'm guessing jennifer just has lying around in her apartment I don't know. But ends up on a coffee, a copy of Fangoria, the world's biggest horror magazine. It's his choice for masturbation aid. Joan then leaves, and as she's leaving the estate, John Waters creeps in, the, the photographer, journalist guy who's hassling Jennifer Tilly earlier. I thought I he was a really John funny Waters choice. Is. Yeah, I thought he was such a funny choice. Yeah. <laughs> Paparazzi. What do you know him from, Alex? What do you know John Waters from? Hairspray? That's right. And just... How funny. Like, just TV appearances I've seen him make. Yeah. John Waters is, like, very famous from born in, like, the 1950s, and he is really into both violent movies and then just horrible imagery in real life as well. And he's always been kind of this big stalwart in the horror and done lots of weird counterculture stuff and made 8mm, 16mm movies right in the 60s when he was in his teen years and stuff. And he's just been very ingested in strange alternative yeah filmmaking and hairspray was yeah a big thing of his more recently and he was a big fan of bride of chucky he had said it was his favorite film of that year and he really wanted to die in a slasher film so don mancini phoned him up and said hey do you want to come and die in seed of chucky <laughs> that's awesome he said yes yes please and then he thought they were filming in bucharest not budapest apparently that's hilarious. <laughs> so then when uh, he's, he's like i'll see you in bucharest and is it that way around which one's in romania budapest, budapest is, is in hungary in Hungary, so yeah, so it's the other round. He thought they were filming in Budapest. And I was like, no, actually, we're filming in Bucharest. And apparently John Waters waited for a second. And he said, I'll ring you right back. Wait <laughs> 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 to like, do some investigation into where they were going. <laughs> yeah, so John Waters, he sneaks in. And Tiffany's putting sleeping pills in Jennifer and Redman's champagne as they're floating on the sofa. He, she, uh, he says he's a big fan of Jennifer Tilly. Also, what a favorite. She asks him, what is his favorite film of hers? And he says, Bound. We didn't really talk about it last time, but Jennifer Tilly is an Oscar-nominated actress for uh, Bullets Over Broadway. She was also in Fabulous Baker Boys, Liar Liar, um, and Bound, which we briefly mentioned, which was the film the Wachowski brothers made before The Matrix, which, yeah, she's always 
been famous for purely because it was a good movie and also a sexy movie with lesbianism scenes in it so it did help her with her career quite a bit and she's great in this movie because she does reference it quite happily many times and the effect it's had on her career and then she's talking about she's saying how her and gina from the film still hang out sometime and maybe they could all hang out together and red man gets all excited so then they start making out before drinking the uh drugged champagne Meanwhile, John Waters, or Waters, is it? Or Waters, Waters yeah. He's spelled is Waters. Uh, he's taking photos from outside of them making out, and then he spies a silhouette of Chucky jerking off in the bathroom above. Presumes that it's a midget. He says <laughs> a masturbating midget. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he sees <laughs> Tiffany downstairs for a second, second going around Jennifer and, and Redman and, and says, God bless the little people. <laughs> Which I remember was the final line in the cinematic trailer for this movie (laughs) oh man yeah the sound of chucky masturbating if we want more squeaky noises (laughs) vinyl latex and vinyl latex and i mean they go they go up close they show his hand yeah they actually show his hand and his pants fall down yep yes they do all right Tiffany knocks Redman unconscious as Waters takes photos and then she reveals herself to Jennifer, who screams, runs into Chucky, who's standing with a cup of semen. So Wait, she, turns she knocks around, him runs again. Sorry, she knocks him unconscious after Redman grabs Jennifer Tilly's head and forces it down into his crotch. <laughs> That's true. Just That's true. Uh, you know. Hollywood. Which they do a lot in films without unzipping. <laughs> You ever notice that? <laughs> All the time that happens in films of a guy, like some douchebag guy forcing a girl to go down on him, but he hasn't even unzipped. It's like, how stupid <laughs> are you? So what's happening? Yeah, Jennifer's running to Chucky. He's got a cup of semen, turns around, runs again, and then Tiffany throws an award that Jennifer has won at her head, knocking her out. Then Chucky and Tiffany, now not as animatronics, but as children or whatever actors in clothes again are dragging the two bodies of redmond and jennifer and we get that great little meta line of tiffany with jennifer tilly obviously voicing tiffany saying fuck she's fat as she's trying to pull her from room to room <laughs> chucky sees waters escaping the premises meanwhile tiffany is using a turkey baster between jennifer tilly's legs full of chucky's semen which we see drip from, from the, the end turkey of the turkey oh, yeah we got a cgi semen drip someone had to spend time and money doing that at this point so the people i'm currently on holiday with were out at dinner while i had to stay in and watch this movie and not go for dinner with them and uh, they were asking me how it was going in text so i texted back to say well they well actually what they said is oh my god like haruka who's our friend who doesn't like vegetables she likes all the vegetables here and tanro is now converted to raclette and he's never had raclette before i said i missed it and they said what are you doing i said i'm watching a tiffany doll use a turkey baster full of chucky's cum between the real jennifer tilly's legs so that she can impregnate her to create a new baby to then put the soul of the transgender pacifist doll into so they can be a happy family that sums up the entire movie you should force them to watch it you should have just said that right when we started this podcast and then we could have finished the podcast As I was writing that text, I think it really dawned on me. What, you were <laughs> watching? Movie. Yeah. Or why it took them six years for this script to get turned into a movie. <laughs> Glenn, meanwhile, is still fighting dreams of being a murderer, and Chucky wakes him up and takes him for a ride, Redman's ride, which now... So in Bride of Chucky, they needed humans to drive them. Now they seem to be able to combo drive if you have two dolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They're overtaken by none other than Britney Spears, who's listening to her own music, just to make sure you know it's Britney Spears, yeah. as well as a number plate saying Britney Spears. And they run her off the road, her car explodes, and then Chucky gives the line, oops, I did it again. Oh, and that's kill number four. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Britney Spears' management was concerned that people might actually believe Britney appeared in the movie. So they made TV spots of the film have a disclaimer beforehand stating that Britney Spears does not appear in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this shit up. Meanwhile, in a dark room, I mean, a real sign of the times. Did this, were dark rooms in 2004? Is it with digital photography not happening? Borderline, Uh, maybe just? Borderline. Maybe there's still film for sure. I mean, John Waters, to be fair, he would still be using a darkroom. He's developing his photos from that night when Chucky and Glenn infiltrate. Chucky plays with him a little bit, and as Chucky is going for the kill, Glenn runs out to stop him, but makes Waters accidentally back into a shelf full of jars of, I think it's sulfuric acid, Mm -hmm. which then falls and burns his face off. And then Chucky's very proud, even though it was an accident, he doesn't realize, and takes a photo of the three of them with the burnt victim. That's how he became Uh, Harvey Dent. Slash two face. <laughs> it's a good effect. I like the burnout face. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty cool. No one really has much to say with this movie. I'm noticing. So I'm just plowing through. <laughs> the thing I thought was dumb in that bit was he's in the dark room. He's looking at the photos. He's looking at the silhouette of Chucky. He hears the noise. He turns around. The Chucky doll is on the counter, and rather than like react to that or go up and look at it because he didn't bring it in there and it's just appeared he turns to the computer to double check the photo yeah yeah (laughs) and then suddenly we get one that's was lit up yeah rather than silhouette so you can see clearly it's chucky the next morning jennifer tilly and redmond awake and they think that they had sex jennifer remembers having a dream of her guardian angel which was tiffany telling her to she needs to have more respect for herself tiffany meanwhile is upstairs reading 12 steps in three days to combat her killing addiction and it says, step nine is the recovering addict must make amends to anyone he or she was harmed. So she rings up, do you remember this character? The wife of Robert Bailey to apologize for killing her husband. This was the cop from the beginning of Bride of Chucky whose knife whose knife she slit, whose throat she slit. Weird little callback. I, I like when they do do callbacks, but it feels very perfunctory. I don't understand the purpose of this one. It's mm-hmm. all right. I feel there are better callbacks. If it had been Chucky doing this role, it would have been fun to have him ringing up you know, some of the different members of families. And Jennifer gets into her limo as Redman drives off and Jennifer's driver is about to tell her yet again that he's in love with her when she throws up in her handbag. So he decides not to. Jennifer and Redman are having dinner. This for me is the weirdest scene in the whole movie. <laughs> and that's saying something. So they've had sex, they, they think. Yeah. They're not sure. Clearly wasn't a good night. And then cut to that night, they're having dinner again. But on the longest table... That it's full of boiled vegetables, just as yep. far as you could see. <laughs> <laughs> Enormous bowls of boiled vegetables and a few meats as well, but predominantly just like he's got a huge bowl of sweet corn and broccoli and like <laughs> right in front of him. Who's eating all that? And he's just putting it away. He's quite happy. Oh, he's, he's not saying a it. word. <laughs> he's a growing He's boy. getting through that table one way or another really weird she tells him that she's pregnant Remman says it can't be his because he had a vasectomy as soon as he came to Hollywood he ain't stupid 
And then follows up by saying, I can't hire you if you're pregnant. But she says, hey, but it's the Virgin Mary who was pregnant. He says, yeah, but I have a very specific vision of the Virgin Mary and she has to be hot. Tiffany hears all of this and is struggling as she wants to kill him. But instead, she reaches for the phone and rings a recovery hotline where the guy tells her that Rome wasn't built in a day and he slipped himself occasionally. So Tiffany then goes and guts Redman from underneath the table as Jennifer is rung up to be told that there's been another killing. So she leaves, not noticing that Redman's guts are spilling out from under the table with the line, drop dead to Redman. At uh, first I thought she stabbed him in the in the dick because of the whole yeah, the balls, yeah. because of like the whole vasectomy thing and and then the next thing more poetic, his steaming intestines are on the floor. Yeah, he's got a lot of them. But he's been yeah. eating a lot, to be fair. <laughs> yes. Your intestines I did like the, I did, somewhere. I did like the glass table and then like he lifts up his plate yeah. and Tiffany's under there. Yeah. They if do I that a lot. Like seeing Tiffany through <laughs> glass or mirrors or... Yeah. Glenn sees what's happening. Or Glenny. Thank you. And then Chucky and Tiffany are watching the news in bed. <laughs> and then Tiffany turns to him and says, they're executing Martha Stewart this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I said with the last movie, this isn't a movie, this is a horror commentary, this isn't a movie either, but it's not a horror commentary either. I don't know what it no. is. It's a commentary on something. I'm just not sure what. It's just like a series of bits. Yeah, that's that a good way of putting Mostly it. don't work. <laughs> Tiffany then tells Chucky that it's a voodoo pregnancy, so it's going to be accelerated. He says, how quick is that? By day two, Jennifer looks like she's nine months pregnant. <laughs> you'd literally, at that rate, you'd see it growing... <laughs> <laughs> like Overnight. as she walks around so jennifer rings up joan in tears saying she's pregnant but tiffany picks up the other line and they have a confusing three-way conversation because obviously tiffany and jennifer tilly are both voiced by jennifer tilly and then chucky grabs jennifer and she screams and struggles and joan hears it over the phone but can also hear tiffany pretending to be jennifer talking to her while jennifer is getting killed or abducted in the background and tiffany says and the line so, well, yes. maybe you're about to say it. No, please, please take it. <laughs> During that conversation, Tiffany says the line, just to reference uh, the film Bound again. She says, Bound is on cable. Gina Kershaw is fingering me. <laughs> Legitimately one of my favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> oh, what man. I want to know is, like, Jennifer Tilly was a good sport. Was Gina Gershon in on any of this? <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. I wonder. <laughs> well, she, did she know that she was implicated in a potential threesome with Redman? <laughs> <laughs> Chucky has Jennifer tied to the bed because once again we don't want to show scenes of animatronic dolls tying things up <laughs> um, so we just cut to that she says the ropes are too tight and he says there ain't no such thing then goes to fill up her boobs as Tiffany comes in and Chucky takes out a tissue does Chucky strike you like the kind of fellow who would have a tissue stuffed into his fucking no <laughs> to his braces uh, anyway, he takes out a tissue to put in her mouth and then drops the photo of him and Glenn and the dead reporter. So Tiffany sees it and they fight. And then Glenn comes in, freaks out and claims that they're tearing him apart and says, what about what I want? <laughs> Which I do kind of like Chucky's reply when Chucky's like, oh, okay, interesting. And that was a <laughs> little is- nod to Rebel Without a Cause and the famous James Dean line where he says, you're tearing me apart. Oh, was it? Nice. Yeah. I missed that one. Glenn asks if he can be both male and female. But he knows for sure that he doesn't want to be a killer. Chucky says he's proud to be a killer and it's not an addiction, it's a choice. And then he accidentally finds Redmond's body. So then they start fighting again. Meanwhile, Glenn's eye keeps twitching whenever he's in stress situations. In time with the music. 
And Tiffany rings up Jennifer's driver, pretends to be Tiffany, tells him to come up to the house. Then we cut to a horrible CGI shot of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> yep. Just. Yeah. Just ghastly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the driver who's just tied up next to Jennifer Tilly in bed. I feel like 10 minutes of this movie is just missing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it cut. It literally cuts to him having Already a sock there. shoved in his mouth. Yeah, he's like, "Can you come to the house?" Cut. He's tied up on the bed. <laughs> and then we do get. I've written this down just in case it's important moving forward. I don't know, but Chucky establishes that he killed Tiffany's mother twenty years ago. Now, all right, let's do some math. So, we know nineteen eighty-eight. Sorry, nineteen ninety-eight is when he died ten years before that. So, nineteen eighty-eight, Jennifer Tilly was with. Charles Lee Ray. Now, can one of you guys be kind enough just to check when Jennifer Tilly was actually born? Because I'm just going to go with the character being the same age as Jennifer Tilly, since there's a lot of meta going on here. Jennifer Tilly was born in... Whoops. She was born in... Here we go. Getting it. 1958. 68, 78, 80. Oh, she was 30 already then when she was going out with him. 40 by the time she's redirected him. Wow, she looks good in Bride of Chucky. She looks much younger. So she was 30 then when she was going out with him and he died. So what's 20 years before 2004? That's 1984. Okay, so she would have been 26. Is that correct? 84, yeah. Something like 26. So that makes sense. So it's kind of a Mickey and Mallory thing. Like he probably killed her mother because maybe she's being abused in some way or whatever. And and then, um, oh, but she seems to love her mother a lot, doesn't she? Yeah, she quotes her all the time. Okay, so he's already been dating her since she was 26. That makes sense. That checks out. We're getting some context. I'm glad we figured that out. Now it changes my whole perspective on this film. (laughs) (laughs) They're brilliant. all coming together. There's a storm outside and Joan from S Club 7 turns up, lets herself in. Chucky pulls out a blade, says he'll take care of her. Joan fires the two... Sorry, Joan finds the two tied up and the dead body of Redman. And then Jennifer has the bright idea of spitting out the mouth gag which didn't occur to anybody before in any film when they get a rag just put in their mouth. It's one of my favorite bits in Friends. <laughs> yeah, so she spits out the mouth gag, warns Joan, but then suddenly who we think is Tiffany turns up and blow torches the girl who then falls to the floor. Well, she falls over the, what do you call it, the railings and then down a floor to the ground below, much like the kill at the beginning of the movie, on Don't fire, clearly a burning. doll. <laughs> Falling over railings now, now. Don't stop burning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if only. If only does. Yeah, this, look, uh, this would be cool, but it so clearly looks like a doll the whole time to me. It's just, the second it hits the floor, it's just, all right, it's just a mannequin you sit on fire and yeah. pushed off. Chucky then is trying to comfort... Yeah, Chucky's trying to comfort Tiffany, or who he thinks is Tiffany. He says he has some skeletons in the closet. He opens he, <laughs> he opens the closet next to him, and three bodies fall out. Yep, I wrote down kills eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> <laughs> when did he have time? Where did he find them? Like it's we're just purely like nothing makes any sense anymore. So yeah, Tiffany looks like she's crying, and then she turns around and starts laughing. It's not Tiffany; it's Glenda, fully decked out in female sort of drag gear, gone crazy. Tiffany then comes back in to find their daughter insane. She's turned into a woman from like Coronation Street or something. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Tiffany isn't happy with this change and smacks her in the face. Good parenting going on there. I have to say, that's the first time. I will, okay, so I'll say this. Tiffany, I found her as the doll in this film. It's very hard because the writing's bad and the scenes really seem pointless. But she's more sympathetic, I think, as a character because she just seems to want to have a nice family for most of this movie. Like, she's very much on the kind of more positive side of her nature. She's not crazy like she was in Bride of Chucky in this movie, which I kind of, I guess, objectively like her more in this than I did in Bride of Chucky, but I'm not having fun at any point with any of these proceedings. Glenn comes back after he's been smacked in the face because that's how you bring people back. <laughs> yeah, Good to you know, know. Someone in your family is acting like a transvestite. Smack him in the <laughs> face and you'll cure them. This is the problem. I don't think Don Mancini means any of that. I think he's just trying to be goofy and have fun. But he accidentally says some very inappropriate things, I feel, when he deals with these subject matters. But Glenn does come back and then freaks out at the makeup on his face and starts crying. And then we just cut to later that night and Jennifer <laughs> Tilly's giving birth. <laughs> oh my God. Chucky is happy as it's a boy, but then no, she has a second baby and this one's a girl. So Chucky actually says... Go on, Ali. You don't no. do it. You don't have it written no. down. You don't know. He goes, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd enjoy that one. I have you written down in my notes a I couple of want, times. I occasionally write I don't down want Alex. Anything to relate to me from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked for this, Ali. Yeah, this is what you I wanted. <laughs> I might stop saying I, ay, ay, ay because of this movie. I wrote down I, 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 and then but Ali yeah, noted this slide down, enjoyed it. But I wrote down on the last <laughs> movie and neither of us brought it up was when handsome Abercrombie boy is listening to some like he's listening to this acoustic guitar music in his car at one point. And I was sitting there with Katie and we both turned to each other and went, I bet Ali has written down good music. I didn't <laughs> even notice that. <laughs> it was this country music from Pride to Chucky oh, for a second. It. Chucky gets the amulet, begins the incantation, but Glenn or Glenda or whatever has to choose which baby to possess. So Tiffany suggests the kid's soul possesses two babies. New law. One soul. Two. Two bodies. Do you have to have split personality disorder in order to do this? That's or? it. Probably. Our child has gender identity issues that he's figuring out so let's split them <laughs> the police turn up and everyone is screaming at chucky and he reaches breaking point now i had vague <coughs> hope at this point because i i had this vague memory as this was happening i was like oh my god hang on does chucky suddenly flip does is this whole film actually meant to be pushing him to breaking point which we haven't really seen because he seems to be kind of into this family unit but it's like is this actually going to push him to breaking point and then he's going to kill all of them and reset it so we're back to just chucky and it actually went through my brain for a second and i thought you know what nearly all of this movie would be worth it <laughs> if, he did if that. that scene was really cool and he just murdered everyone and it goes really dark at the end but no he does get have a rant. He says, I have a limit of how much I could take. Look around you. This is fucking nuts. Which is definitely a commentary on what's happening in the film. And then has a revelation of, if this is what it takes to be human, then I'd rather take my chances as a supernaturally possessed doll. Now, Ali, at one point, not in the last movie, but I feel at one point, this is also what we some of us yeah. asked for. I said I wanted him you, to just which is, accept that he's a doll and just fuck shit up as a doll. They're giving you everything you asked for. This better be your favorite of the series so far. Tune in to episode eight and find out. 
Yeah, we want a strong uh, recommend a from you. <laughs> <laughs> as a doll, I'm fucking infamous. I'm one of the most notorious slashes in history. I'm Chucky the killer doll and I dig it. So he explains that, yeah, he wants to just continue being Chucky and he's happy doing it. And I like this. I think that's a cool way for it to go. Like you're saying, Ali, it's kind of what we asked for at one point. So we could stop this thing of he has to get out of the body every time. But Tiffany says it's not enough for her and she wants more. And she says, I'm leaving you, Chucky, and I'm taking the kid. And then we get a really cool, I think a cool shot of Chucky's face where we're really close in on him. And he says, nobody leaves me. And he just looks just really right in on his eyes. I don't know. I like this shot. Death silence. No one else has it. You're going to like something. I remember it We've all chosen one thing we like. (laughs) It felt out of place to me. Yeah, I yeah it did, but this is more where I wanted the movie to be. So <laughs> this is the only good I'm part. Happy taking it. I mean, that yeah, little. I'm waiting. I liked the turn and the him reaching his breaking point, but his whole kind of monologue and speech felt like another, like the moment in the last film where they showed the Jason mask, Freddy yeah, yeah, glove, yeah. and all that. Like this felt like another him moment of Don Mancini like elevating Chucky yeah. up to their level being like, and just being put like, us I'm up that, here like, with everybody else yeah exactly yeah it felt very like deliberate in that sense yeah so then chucky throws a knife across the bed at tiffany i think but then somebody one of you two can explain this to me the chauffeur jump somehow like unties himself and mm-hmm. then jumps to protect jennifer tilly because he's in love with her yep but Chucky's throwing it at Tiffany, but then he gets stabbed because he's, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. It's so confusing. And then he gets stabbed and then dies. And then in his dying breath, tells Jennifer that he's in love with her. Finally. <laughs> he finally gets it out. That's yep. our payoff. And this is kill number 11, by the way. Very nice. Which it just doesn't, it's, it's just such a stupid payoff. Because if, if Jennifer had actually been the one in peril and he had sacrificed himself, mm-hmm. then there's your payoff. But instead it's. It's not even... I don't think it's even meant to hit Jennifer. I think it's meant to hit Tiffany. But anyway. I think so. I think it just makes no sense. It's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. (laughs) Uh, Then Tiffany picks up the knife and throws it at Chucky, hitting him. And then a police bust in below. And they come in and find like all the dead bodies and the babies and Jennifer tied to the bed. (laughs) Oh, no. What? Like, this is probably a regular LA police procedural that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, classic Any other day. Yeah. Celebrity, uh, you know. SNM gone wrong. <laughs> Celebrity thing. Yep. Classic sex night. TMZ. <laughs> TMZ. <laughs> I didn't know what TMZ was for a long, long time. I had to watch, it was only through watching um what's that one that does like a riff on TMZ recently with uh, Will Arnett in it. Oh, were they like a parody of that? Yeah, and you keep cutting to them. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck was what was that? But TMZ Oh, is, is that actually in Popstar, maybe? Maybe it's in Popstar. It's just uh, the greatest film of all time. <laughs> why aren't we talking about that why are we talking about this shit <laughs> yeah let's do an yes. andy samberg retrospective and we can watch pop star and hot rod what else is there yeah all right guys let's settle it, down isn't it? <laughs> 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 what other authors can we cover yeah yes okay so they bust in they see everything that's going on i just love this jennifer's just tied to the bed with dead like dead people all mm-hmm. around <laughs> dead babies and yeah and then her babies get taken from her as, the, as she tells the cops about the dolls. And then Tiffany and Glenn are just like hiding below the bed. So then we cut to the hospital. Tiffany's injecting sleeping serum into Jennifer's IV drip so that she'll pass out because she wants to Dembala herself into Jennifer. 
Oh God, sorry. Yes, that is, is what she wants faded? to do. Is it already faded from memory? It's just, just insane. Yes, she wants to. I just love that you said she wants to dembala herself. <laughs> Voodoo cloud it. It's an adjective. Voodoo yes. cloud it. Voodoo cloud. I like it. to think dembala is a noun, verb, and adjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chucky comes bursting through the hospital with a tiny axe. I kind of like this moment because you do get like you get the old classic, The Shining, but they deny it to you with him like cracking through and doing the Jack Nicholson smile and then saying, I can't think of a single thing to say, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to say it's funny because they actually because and that's almost terrible. they they kind of play that moment in Child's Play one yeah. where the mom's at the door and Chucky's busting through with the knife. And gives gives it like a here's Johnny sort of moment. You saying Don Mancini doesn't have he's still spreading out ideas from the first <laughs> Well, it's yeah, I think at this point we realise that he has a whole list of ideas in his bank, but he's to reuse an idea is quite interesting <laughs> that he came up with between ages <laughs> yeah. seventeen and twenty three and he's just still using them. All right. So then what happens? Yeah, Tiffany tries to do the incantation while Chucky is breaking through the door and then what the fuck does this mean? I've got written down switch, 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 switch. Ah, uh, it's because of like the switching of the body. Here we go. I'm just playing a little clip oh, just to, yeah, 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 to rejog out. Is that, is that part of the new Dembala, isn't it? At the end of it, she starts saying switch, yeah, switch, switch. Because switch. The, the laws <laughs> slightly changed. Yes. Um, I was like, what the fuck is this? This sounds stupid. It's like, oh yeah, in the movie. That's French. You didn't so know then, that? Yeah. So then Chucky embeds his axe in Tiffany's head. Glenn screams and then she dies at his feet. So Glenn does a karate kick on Chucky (laughs) and we go all Japanese. Yeah. So at this point in my notes, I wrote, how the fuck does he know karate? (laughs) Well, he's he's British. Well, so so um... let's, let's, let's lay out the rules of Glenn Glender here. He's raised in Britain. So he sounds British. She is. Yeah. Raised Uh, near Glastonbury, maybe. American dolls which we thought because the good guy dolls were made yep in chicago they were we saw the factory in the we literally saw the factory it's not even like it's not even that it was you know just implied we've been we spent a substantial amount of time in this factory and and but he's made in japan but yeah as of the opening of this film the cgi opening (laughs) we could see made in japan yeah in the fetus yeah which means which obviously gives him the natural ability to do karate yep yep yeah and not As most all, Japanese people do. Not at all weird racist music that yeah. plays over the top. Fucking hell. So we get this completely stupid matrixy karate scene and then he jumps over Chucky in that sort of slow motion. It's so it looks so awkward. It looks I mean, I kind of applaud them that they're trying to do things with puppets still, but it looks so awkward, it really does. Hate it. But then Jennifer wakes up, pushes the axe to Glenn, who then embeds it in Chucky's chest. And then he gets nasty. He chops off Chucky's left arm, and then he chops off his right arm, and then he chops off both of his legs, and his <laughs> blood just pouring out. And little Chucky's face is screaming. Isn't this like the first it. one where it's the left arm first? Yeah, I think so. It's usually the right uh, yeah. one. Yeah, I think it's normally the right arm. Yeah, and then he beheads Chucky, who seems to. Chucky's proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he beheads him and then starts to cry. So Jennifer comes over to comfort him and just there's such a fucking awkward, weird <laughs> scene. And then we cut. That's it. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> or so we, we think. Or so you hope. <laughs> but then we cut yeah. to five years later. And we're at a kid's birthday party at who we think is Jennifer Tilly's house, but it's not. It's actually Tiffany in jennifer tilly's body 
Although, yeah, we don't realize right away. No, you don't realize right away. But you do realize that she's had Chucky's kids because... <laughs> yeah, because there are two terrifying ginger monstrosities. <laughs> and that that's nothing against ginger people or redheads. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's just these two in particular. <laughs> no, this, boy, this boy actor is the worst thing I've, in any of any part of this series so far. Well, I don't know. Ali thinks uh, Alex Vincent as Andy <laughs> was pretty horrific. Not physically looking, Alex. just as an actor. <laughs> Whereas this kid just is his just talent. At least he looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the only context you're allowed to see. Yeah, just stand there and look child. pretty. Yeah, so yeah, they're at a kid's birthday party. It's Jennifer Tilly's house. Uh, her housekeeper is telling uh, Jennifer. Is it housekeeper or is it her friend? I get muddled with this. I or think nanny, I, I thought it was like nanny, nanny housekeeper kind of thing. type thing. The LA staple. Yeah, yeah. I've got one of those and I don't even have a kid. You just yeah, get yeah. one with every house. Yep. She's telling Jennifer how Glenn is an angel, but Glenda is a very bad girl. So she said she's quitting. And then we just see Glenda just glaring through the window. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Jennifer says, but yeah, no, but we have this fucking VO from the boy one from Glenn. That's just... That's right. Yeah, there's oh, the VO. It's so terrible. It's so, <laughs> so, so terrible. Yeah. I, I, I've actually played this finale scene to a few people <laughs> just because it's just one of those you've got to go at it. It's so bad. Jennifer says we'll miss you to the nanny and then we see Glenda outside the window. Jennifer beats the housekeeper to death with the Tiffany doll and then we realize the incantation worked as her eyes turn green. Yeah. Is this our first successful Nambala? Other than Chucky Dembala. Other than into the doll, yeah. Into a human though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Girls did it first try. He's been, <laughs> Chucky's been trying for 20 years. There's no voodoo clouds though in that transformation. Yep. No voodoo Biggest clouds. disappointment. Yeah. So she, Tiffany cleans herself up and then drags the housekeeper and stuffs her into a closet, which, you know, seems... As you do. <laughs> seems fine. Uh, no one's going to find it there. <laughs> and then Glenn stands proudly outside and we get his VO. Yeah, sorry, this is where we get his VO. As he says, he knows he's, he's not alone or a freak and he knows his dad really loves him. <laughs> Tiffany gives him a box for his birthday that's unmarked and he opens it. What's it going to be? As well as, like, anytime you get a box at a child's play film you think it's going to be a doll mm -hmm. but it's too small for a doll yeah it couldn't be a doll this time so instead it's chucky's severed arm oh yeah the kid starts peeing himself and then his <laughs> eye starts blinking in cgi yeah because the actor couldn't blink the little kid couldn't blink oh oh it's terrible and then chucky's arm leaps up grabs him around the neck and we cut to credits with chucky laughing is that the end of the movie, Al? Well, no, because then we get a montage of every single character that we've seen in this film. <laughs> Almost scene to scene, scene by scene. Because you can't have too much of a good thing. Mm. We wow. really should have just fast forwarded to that point and just started watching the movie there and done a podcast based off of that. That's true. I'd be interested in how much of the story would would just you be can able to gather put just through. And uh, the nanny was kill twelve. Kill 12. You do look Well, I didn't do the research on this one for how many... Uh, uh, if this is the highest kill rate so far in Chucky film. The body count for Chucky. Yeah, so there you go. That's the end of Seed of Chucky. Woo! Thank you, Al. And next week... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, so yeah, I'd, I'd, we said a bit at the beginning, but Don Mancini, he's, I've watched some good interviews with this, this guy. He's a really lovely man, and he's very proud of this film. It was his directorial debut. He 
genuinely thinks it's a great movie doesn't get what why everybody hates it but he is smart enough to appreciate he came out you know he did a little well the box office book for itself it didn't do well people tended to hate it there were a few very small collection of critics who loved it and he's uh, one of them i think is a uh one of them's won a pulitzer before so he, he's constantly bringing up this one critic who's won a pulitzer to say pulitzer winning <laughs> critic loves seed of chucky so it must be good and i'm sure some people are going to get some fun out of this movie but the question is did we get some fun out of this movie that's so, an interesting question now allison holland <laughs> can you please summarize your feelings about seed of chucky oh man I think it's probably pretty clear, but in case it's not, I really did not like this movie. What? I think after we watched, <laughs> I know, shocking. I think after the third one, I was kind of like, that was shitty, but great news. That means the worst is probably over. And then I, I told you there are three that left. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is my least favorite, and one of them is my favorite. So I said he had those two things to look yep. forward to. So yeah, the problem f- the problem for you will be if this one's my favorite. <laughs> well, now I'm just still hesitant to tell myself the worst is over, just because I don't want to jinx it again. But just like from the very start with the semen opening, I think it just got <laughs> off on the wrong foot for me. Please, please never say <laughs> semen opening. <laughs> I <laughs> describe that in another way. <laughs> I don't know. The story was super over the top and our last story was super over the top, but it was in a fun and entertaining and just like a good way. And this one was just not done very well. I also throughout the movie, I wasn't understanding any of the references. Like I had no clue who Redman was. I haven't seen any of Jennifer Tilly's movies. So every time they would reference it, I was just like, well, I don't know what they're talking about, but that's a thing that people know and think is funny. So I don't think I anybody think, knows who Redman is, so don't worry. I think his mother, he turns up at his mom's house. So she's like, were you? Did I know you in the 90s? <laughs> I don't recognize <laughs> you. Do you, you want to know, know who Don Mancini wanted to play that role? It was Quentin who? Tarantino. Quentin wow. Tarantino was who that role was written for. Unsurprisingly, they didn't hear back from old QT. <laughs> they did le- legitimately offer him the role. And then they had to change it to Redman. Can you imagine those scenes where Redman's just like all over Jennifer Tilly, just like objectifying her and then sort of molesting her if it was Tarantino? Very nice. Man, it's a yes. wonder he turned that down. But yeah, watching this, I, I I just always assume I'm the only person who doesn't catch the references. So I wasn't realizing that other people also had no idea who some of these people were or what they were talking about or what films x scene they had just described was from so i was kind of like halfway through or towards the end i was kind of convincing myself that other people really love this movie <laughs> and that i just like Mancini does. i'm not able to appreciate the brilliance of it just because i'm not in touch with the culture that surrounds it so yeah i don't i mean it definitely stems from just insecurities of my day-to-day life where i'm surrounded by people my own age and i don't understand a lot of the things they talk about but i am eager to hear if you two are on the same page interesting yeah loved it you loved it do you understand everything i do have a score it's really bad i think three the third movie i gave a four so i'm gonna give this one a 2.5 Oh, 2.5. Yeah. That is oppressively bad. Not great. Bad. 
And I'm just double checking what it had on the old IMDb's. How low did it get? One would hope that this would be the lowest. It got a 4.9 on the IMDb's, which is low. The, the, below, when you get below 4 though on the IMDb's for a horror film, you're really into... We're into realm of horror that I can't quite explain to you guys. You're into like Howling 7 levels, which is... I veto those films from any of these <laughs> podcast retrospectives. There are entire franchises out there which you, which are so much lower than even this film all the way from you know from the start through. No, thank you. Okay, so that's a not recommend from you then for Cedar Chucky. Yes, correct. Interesting, interesting. Alexander Chad. Hello, Al. <laughs> <clears throat> so I suppose you want to hear the same things from me. Or my opinions. <laughs> no, just Ali's opinions, but from Just your rephrase so, everything I said. So, I'm going to start with the things that I do like. And moving on. I thought Chucky looked much cooler in the last film, but he still really looks pretty cool in this film. He's got a, it's, it's a bit of a cleaner, broken look, if that makes sense. Whoops, lost my earphones. But that Chucky look is still really cool. So, I like that um, in some parts. Another thing I really like is I appreciate, I really appreciate Jennifer Tilly's lack of ego to put herself in this film and sort of openly make fun of herself and her career and her image. I think that's really cool. I think yeah. it's cool that she's just like doesn't give a shit really and, and has like such a lack of ego to do that, which is cool. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Those two, and moving on. So here's some other things I just want to discuss. This film, guys, could have been ahead of its time because it explores the Hollywood sort of structure and hierarchy um, and the systemic harassment and abuse of women. It deals with gender, gender identity issues with Glenn as, or Glenda. And it also goes meta for the first part of it and has a film within a film. Now, it skirted all over those things and did them very, very poorly. It was very bad. It was awful. <laughs> I could have discussed any of those issues and it didn't. This film was really bad and it made me cringe a lot. And I, and I was sitting there watching it and almost felt, often with franchises, sometimes you get that feeling that they become a parody of themselves. And for me, this film just absolutely reeks of that it's it sort of it, i think it just it, it sort of misjudged what elements to push in the franchise and i think it just became an incredible mess like the last one i think i said in the last one i didn't necessarily like the characters in the last film or find the plot like the plot itself had so many holes but I loved it. I was on board with that film. I was on board with Chucky. And like I said in the last one, it was the first time where I felt like I was on Chucky's side. I was relishing the balance that they had found in his character between humor and his sort of like evil, uh, violent, sadistic nature. But it was in a way that was, I guess, like low stakes. So it was enjoyable and entertaining. Whereas this, I didn't have... I, I didn't have any of that. And I mean, I even said in the last podcast, I wasn't sure if I wanted any more films after that because it reached a point where I was like, cool, that was great. Like I had fun with that. But this one, like I said, was a, was a mess. If anything, Chucky was sort of like withdrawn and pulled back to allow all these other elements in and the like family story and Glenn, Glenda 
and it was just a mess. It was not enjoyable. It wasn't fun. The humor was just really flat and stupid. So yeah, I I really didn't didn't um, didn't like it. And if I had to give it a score, um, I would go. Oh, actually, and another thing is that going through these film franchises after each film, it really makes me reassess the previous films that we've seen. And I certainly, and I will get to this in the wrap up. Like I was pretty critical of the first film, but there's so much more that I value in that now, having seen a film like this. Yep. Yep. And you can listen to, you can listen to my feelings on that in our Star Wars retrospective. Um, um, so if plug. I'm going to score this if I'm going to score this film I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10 I'm going to go lower than Ali by well, a half well you did have two things that you liked about it so yeah exactly <laughs> um, and I'm not going to recommend it I think if you didn't know Chucky this would be an awful awful film to come in to the franchise to and if you are a Chucky fan I would feel very disappointed by this film I think it it just adds too many unnecessary elements and sort of strips away the things that are good about Chucky. So if I was going to, you may pose this question later on, but I'm going to answer it right now. Where do I want this franchise? Where would I want it to go after this point? And for me, it's pretty simple. I would strip back everything that I think is unnecessary and messy and like trim the fat basically and find that balance, like make it about Chucky again. I would even get rid of Tiffany. I would absolutely get rid of Glenn, Glenda, and just go back to the basics and go back to Chucky and finding that humor in him and his sadism and his violence, find inventive ways to kill and all that sort of stuff. Certainly would have less semen, less puppet boobs, less Oliver Twist's puppet son. Yeah. If I had to pay, look, look, to wrap it up, if I had to pay, if I had paid to see Seed of Chucky, I would have been very, very reluctant to go and see the next Chucky film. Alexander Chard, out. (laughs) Can I say quickly that I really appreciate you using the phrase trim the fat after discussing Hollywood's treatment of women. And then you say, I would cut (laughs) Tiffany out. I didn't, those two, like, I didn't mean it like that. Not related, but... I think it's kind of sexist of you to see gender roles in uh, Alex's opinions on characters. Yeah. Yeah. The trimming of the fat and Tiffany are unrelated. Sometimes you just don't like someone for who they are and not what sex they are. (laughs) (laughs) Or what they're made of, prosthetics or otherwise. You're not... This is the thing, you know, it's weird because you're not wrong. This one arguably has a lot more to say than any of them. I don't, don't even know arguably. I think it just has way more to say. Like, it's way more that it's kind of getting involved with and Don Mancini's clearly got a lot a lot in his bonnet that he's angry about. Like, there's a lot he wants to chip at and be snarky at. And I appreciate that. And I do appreciate it every Chucky film. Because again, like we have to remind ourselves, no other franchise that I know of has been heralded by one creator all the way through. And he's very humble about still getting to do that, considering he wants every film to feel different. And I think in my head, I always remembered Bride of Chucky, which I remember going to cinema and I remember liking it, but not loving it as much as everyone did, because I thought it was a bit too silly but it was glossy and fun. 
And I remember this one being kind of similar, but worse. I just thought, I remember they pushed the boat out too far. I didn't remember quite how far. But watching it, yeah, like close proximity back to back, you're almost like these, they're very different films. They really are. Sure, the design of Chucky, like you say, is fairly similar, but more glossy here. I think he's, I think the articulation of the dolls is pretty cool. I don't think it's quite as good as Bride for the most part, but there's some good moments. None of the humor works for me. Yeah. Like the only bits that work for me, yeah, kind of the things that you said and, and, this glimmer of hope I had at the end where Chucky suddenly gets all serious and he's like, and he shouts at them and decides, no, I want to kill my family. Mm. And I thought, are they, has this entire film just been about the tipping point and pushing Chucky to a tipping point where then he becomes evil again? And he's just like, and I really got excited for a second. Like, no, he's just going to kill everybody in the room. Yeah. (laughs) And I would really have almost thought the film was worth it. to get to that kind of finale and instead we have this atrocity of a finale with these weird live action renditions of Glenn and Glenda and stuffing nannies into closets and just <laughs> just terror glowing green eyes and CGI blinking and I'm sorry Don, I really do from what like I say from what I've seen the Don Mancini in interviews I like this guy a lot I'm sorry this is a terrible terrible film um it really is I I think there are certain mindsets that mind find this funny I don't think they're the mindsets that will enjoy any of the other Chucky films that are out there. So it's kind of like you say, it's not for the fans. Maybe it'll get some other people who may be like, you know, like the worst of the Wayne Brothers movies or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. You can say, I love the Wayne <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say, because like, even if you look at this and say, okay, Dom Mancini intended to make a Chucky comedy. I think we all agree that it's not funny. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what I'm saying. It's human subjective. So if you're coming for horror, I don't think it's any way to be found here. Yeah. If you're coming for comedy, I think there's a small demographic, or maybe it's large, I don't know, but I think the box office proved a fairly small demographic of people who will enjoy this. Mm. But it is very, it's a puerile form of humor and it's not even like South Park, a smart puerile form of humor. It's very at face value. It has a few tiny moments here or there, but it's it's the best thing I could say about it is the production values are pretty good. They're not as good as Bride of Chucky. It doesn't have that style. Um, Don Mancini's direction here is okay, but it's not like as, as a visual storyteller, but it's not as good as Bride of Chucky. It's, it looks oddly digital, even though it wasn't. It was film. It's, yeah, I don't know. Fuck this movie. it was made for 12 million it ended up making nearly 25 uh, in its worldwide gross which you know it's 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 a decent decent return uh, but it wasn't enough for what they wanted and it's really amazing that domazzini kind of got to work again and i've seen him in interviews where it's like i can't really believe after seed of chucky that they let me have anything else to do with this series Mm. but they did and we will be talking about that uh, next week but it did take nine years before he got to make another chucky movie and the reason for this we'll talk about next week but they they tried to reboot it for a long long time um, and that's where they went after this because the studio was not happy um, even though tom mancini was yeah. if i had to score it i don't know i'm gonna have to look all these in a wrap up because i've kind of forgotten my scores for each of them but yeah it'll be similar to you guys it's very very low uh, it's a very painful experience it is i will say this it's uh, particularly from just the opening and ending of the movie it's so bad oh and the scene with the baster between the legs oh. it's so bad that you almost want people to see it you know it is so no, bad you're like I don't. I went, i'm like i went through this <laughs> so i think you should have to as well I- <laughs> because i'm incredulous that it exists and i need other people to validate that it does indeed exist and i'm not just losing my mind 
So no, I don't recommend. Okay. Seed of Chucky. None of us will be watching this again. I don't think I've ever recommended any film that has seed in the title, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will not be returning for this movie. Probably ever again in my entire life. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, guys, for joining us. You can head on over to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, which is where you can then bounce on out to all of our iTunes, where we have all of our podcasts. Nearly every Tuesday, nearly every week, we have a topical podcast where we talk about video games and movies, just the box office uh, news and our general opinions. And also through weirdgeeks.com, you can then get to our horror channel, which is all this stuff. We did on Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. We did Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in 2018, which we are now in, can you believe it? Fuck. <laughs> uh, we are doing next, we're doing the Hellraiser series. Later in the year, we're doing Halloween. And then we've got some cool shorter series that we're stuffing yes, in between. We do. Me and Alex just sat down and decided, even though Alex isn't doing something, <laughs> he was like, well, let's just I decide. decided which ones I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've already planned it all out. We've got loads of, we've got quite a lot of shows. It's going to be yeah. exciting. I'm excited. And a good variety. Mm-hmm. different types of horrors yeah so yeah you can go through all that on weirdgeeks.com you can also then head out to our twitch channel we got a great new twitch show starting in 2018 as well pretty Ooh. soon so if you subscribe to our twitch then you'll be future proofing yourself and you'll get that when it comes along and you can also email at us email at us through weirdgeeks.com or you can just uh type mail at weirdgeeks.com is mail. that m-a-l-e or m-a-i-l <laughs> probably <laughs> great question you anything, alex you? thank you Thank you. You can probably type fuck off and that. You think it would get that? com and I'll get it. Okay. <laughs> Find <Fuck> out. <laughs> what else can you do? All the social medias are freewegeeks.com as well. And if you're there, why not hit that little black circular logo which takes you through to weirdtessellate.com. Our production company run out of London, LA and Tokyo. They publish our podcast. And we've just finished making our first feature film called Starfish. And we'll be talking more about that on our own personal social medias as well as on our weekly regular podcast. I'm Mr. Al White on all the social medias as well as on the xbox where you can play some PUBG and some friday the 13th with me hello i'm at i'm alexander chard on twitter and instagram tweet me <laughs> <laughs> if you like cedar chucky please do let us know why allison uh i'm not interested why you like it so i don't have a twitter well i have get one i don't get on don't it so if you want to let me know you can tweet on there and i'm never gonna see it and that's the perfect way to let me know my instagram is ali sue thank you very much both of you for joining me we will be back next week oh dear god <laughs> <laughs> two more to go guys just two more to go with curse of chucky from 2013 and we're out geeks geeks Bye. <laughs> That's not the official salute. <laughs> Geeks. <laughs>